Hello, how's it going? Hey. Hey, namaste. How's it going with you? <laughs> namaste to you. Hey. No, it's going great. It's going great. Um, yeah, it's kind of an awkward uh, day with the grandma. Um, just, you know, FYI, full yeah. disclosure. And that's why I said, like, uh, don't yeah. don't worry if um, I have to, like, get up or stop recording for just a few minutes to make sure she's all right. Because, uh, okay. like, the whole living situation is I live with my parents. You know, they take care of my, my father's mother, my grandmother. Right? We all love her. You know, she's helped us out throughout our, our entire lives tremendously. She has, like, six yeah. other kids. So, like, you know, my father has six brothers, or three brothers and three sisters. None of them, none of them even call to ask how she's doing. She's got, like, pretty yeah. bad dementia. and But she's, like, 90. She's, like, she was a lifelong yeah. smoker. She lived through the, the Depression, like, World War II. She yeah. has memories of World War II. Um... Like the the rationing and things. Like she's a trooper. She's from she's from Poland. Or not? She's not from Poland. She's the first generation of Polish immigrants who moved to Mexico because they were Catholic. And I don't. I mean, she's a great woman. Like total total awesome woman, right? In ninety, she's yeah, in her sundowning. Yeah. yeah, sundowning. You know, yeah. like the sun setting for her. She's like reliving memories and things. She calls me a guy named John. No one knows what for. She'll just call me John. She'll be like, hey, John. And I, cause I have a beard and I think that she remembers someone with a beard. Like she'll have these memories. Like, so she's like in that stage, right? Where none of her other children want to even call her because she can't remember like even like what year it is. But I, we have to take care of her every day. So we feed her and we, we, you know, bathe her and we clothe her and everything. So, but she's up at like 3am cause she used to be a farmer. Yeah. No, she used to literally, she used to literally be, (laughs) like, used to live in a farm, and so she's up at 4 a.m., like, 3 a.m. sometimes, I I wake up at 5 a.m., and she's, like, standing in the kitchen, and she's, like, trying to make coffee, but she can't really, like, you know, manage it, and, and, and I I mean, like, you can't stop that habit, she's been doing that for, like, 90 years, waking up in the fucking, you know, break of dawn, making coffee and eggs and shit for the family, and so, Mm -hmm. like, when we try to put her to bed and keep her in her room, it would be cool if she would just, like, be a couch potato and chill and watch TV and, like, relax. She has to be busy uh-huh. standing up. She's, like, in the kitchen right now just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do you, want a, do you want a chair? And she's like, no, I'm fine. She's, like, standing on the counter just looking at plates. Uh, like, yeah. inspecting well, yeah, dishes. You need to, we can... As long as you can handle, you know, I'm sure you got it on the splicing and all that. You, yeah, whatever you need, you got it. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is how weird, like, it's not like a burden. It's not like a, I got, I got bad, or like, I'm very lucky that she's actually pretty healthy at this age, you know, and she's still yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. But it's bizarre. Yeah, absolutely not a problem. <laughs> and it's very appropriate because we're going to be talking about Day of the Dead. It's very appropriate because yeah, we're going to be talking about Dia de los Muertos. We're going to be talking about Latin America, Hispanics. Yeah. She's, uh, like I said, Mexico's a very generation. great place. It's got a lot of cultures people don't even realize, like Polish. My grandmother Absolutely. is Polish, first generation, but they moved to Mexico because they were Catholics. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. moved up to the South Texas Valley, and through the the border moving were Texas citizens and were United States citizens over the years. But uh, their original that name is Macintyre. Yeah. Yep. And the, the Mexican. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Eastern Europeans who are fleeing World War II mm-hmm. ended up in Mexico. A lot of Germans. A place sometimes. 
Yeah. A lot of Germans? Yeah, it's a really interesting blending of culture there, for, for sure. I had one girl that was in grad school with me that was a Latin American specialist that was Jewish. Yes, a lot um, of Jews. Oh, and, you're, and oh tons of Jews in Mexico. Of, yeah. Tons of Jews. So lots of Jewish Mexican culture as well, which is really interesting. Tons so, of Chinese people, too. There. Tons yeah, of Chinese people. Yeah, There's like absolutely. millions of Chinese people. They call them Chinos. There are millions of Chinese people yeah. in Mexico. They used to travel in caravans and yeah. merchant caravans, and they just they stayed. Yeah, Filipinos, too, yeah. Mm, Filipinos? Lots, yeah, it's, lots of little enclave communities. The Mexican-German connection is so close that uh, they almost uh, fought alongside them in World War One. The Zimmerman note, that's a big deal. Historically, <laughs> wow. um, no, at university level, um, there was a, there's yeah. a university yeah, in Germany. A Zimmerman note in a long time. There's a university in Germany, I think it's called Leipzig, or, or, or Le- Leipzig. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great philosophical, metaphysical, you know, um, it's, it's a metaphysicalist college, a university that teaches uh, theology and things. And, and some of the oh. greatest, um, you know, the most elite, it's not a racist because they are Mexican, most of the elite Mexican families actually go and board there and live there. So most of them have European uh, life experience expected of them. And people don't and realize that, yeah. that even today. It's like, you know how, the, sure. how Russian uh, elite people know French and how the French, you mm-hmm. know, have to like live abroad, travel abroad. In their aristocratic circles, same thing with Mexico. Yeah, it's a very it's European community. Yeah, yeah, but it's a very, very hybrid true. community because you got the locals, you got the natives, the 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 mestizos, the uh, the uh, yeah. Indios. You have the it's it's a very yeah, you have the remnants of the caste system from the colonial era too. Twenty seven ethnicities. Yeah, it's like twenty seven yeah. ethnicities. It lobos, coyotes. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it, Negritos, exactly. Like it's it's such a fascinating and mythical land, Mexico, and it's it's, it's just really, yeah, it is fascinating to study, especially if you're in, at any doing any kind of intersectional um, disciplinary studies at all. It's really like you can really find it's just a goldmine. Really. Oh yeah, it is completely um, whitewashed. Just material, and it's so fascinating to when you really start to dig into it, um, which is what we're gonna. Yeah, it's well, it's completely today, whitewashed. Look at some of it, it would take forever. Yeah, it take to forever, go really. All the exactly. But I think you alluded to some of the cooler ones. Um, yeah, and Santa Marta specifically, who we were going to kind of talk about today too, is really interesting. Um, intersection of pre-Columbian, European, and possibly African later on, especially African, like Santeria, Folden there. So yeah. Well, I think it's everything, depending yeah. on where you look. It's 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 kind of like it doesn't have any one ethnicity, and I kind of think that's like the 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 true red pill when it comes to academic or intellectual thought is that you may yeah. try to find a source, maybe like you think it's native a culture appropriation, or it's a it's the hybrid child of of Catholicism and like Aztec folklore, but really it's yeah. a gestalt formulation. A manifestation of a right. philosophical endurance, some, like it's an existential thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like how exactly. any holiday is made. Like you, Christmas you doesn't really belong trace to anyone. Anything to a to one origination point. Like you yes. can trace it back to like some early examples of it, and you can say this is the earliest example we have. But you know, and even then, like, this is the first 
it, that's a big, that's a big jump. <laughs> and yeah, and even really then, take it that far. You got to be careful how you word shit. <laughs> yes, that the the academic knows that uh, you know university people like us knows that it's not the past that so much matters as the future. And especially the right. way that it's celebrated in the present, and the fact that Dio de los Mortos is extremely alive. It's a it's a popular, it's a thriving, and it's an internationally booming, um, yeah, uh, cultural holiday, which isn't a necessarily bad thing. Yeah, it was in James Bond. It was in a, a um, yeah, I believe a Spectre. They had a scene. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not slowing down the momentum of this it's not a relic holiday it's not like right uh you know so no, and it's not like it's ever went away truly it's just yes. that it was a holiday that we that was practiced um you know folded into all saints day in catholicism for one thing yeah. and i think it's weird for two never, you know um, they had to be careful how they practiced it you know with catholic cultures kind of overseeing it because if it seems too indigenous or witchy, right, then mm-hmm. that was no bueno. So it's it's been interesting how, depending on the region, they celebrated it more with a Catholic slant or a more indigenous slant, too. Um, yeah, regionally speaking. But yeah, I don't think the Catholics it's, it's actually even recognize You can dive into any one region, really, and it's different. Like, even and then even sub-micro like, yeah. level, it's different from it, even from it's there. A, it's an underground thing. It's not an officially sanctioned holiday. I don't think even in Mexico. I don't think, because Mexico is very Catholic, you know, conservative. Another thing people don't understand about I think Mexico, they have, they do All Souls Day, and then they do All Saints Day. Yes, they, they do have. recognize it, but I don't know that they call it Dia de los Muertos. They call it All Saints Day. So even then, it's, there's a guy, you know, a veil of Catholicism over it, which um, the yeah, saints and souls aspect. But it is, yeah, it is traditionally a folk uh, holiday. It is a proletariat holiday. It is yeah. a people's holiday, a a yeah. natives holiday, a low class holiday. I don't know how to else to emphasize the fact that it is a holiday that is. It's, um, it's an every man's holiday. Yes. Yeah. It it is not celebrated yeah. by the elites exclusively. They don't have a monopoly no, on it. It's not like the. Well, it, I would say it's not a commercialized. I would it's say a, that it's not a capitalistic holiday where you have this. I it's I'd say it's becoming more so, but that's just like anything else. Like anytime anything can become somewhat commercialized, like Cinco de Mayo, or you know, if America can sell beer associated with it, they will. You know, it's kind of the running joke. I but, think that's you know, right. No, I think it's also right. because Hispanic culture is becoming more recognized as a whole. So you know, it's two different things. Like you know. So we can't demonize it all as bad, and, and I'm not saying anymore. And well, I'm not yeah, either. Right. Well, I think we tend to, the, the neoliberals are like, oh, capitalism, consumerism is bad. But, you know, it's, it's good that people are more exposed to it, um, but there's always a drawback at some point. Usually. No, you're yeah, absolutely you know? right. No, you're, you do have a point with that, with its mainstream appeal growing. I remember uh, ten ten years ago, I was making uh, sugar skulls out of molds and basically looking up recipes and and because you know I I was into it for years and and right. it not having a mainstream representation and now there's like a city a Corpus Christi Day parade on Dio de los Mortes where it's encouraged to show up downtown and then all the shops and, and bars right. and stuff participate in like, yeah, they have a fantastic one in Austin that's been going for years and years. Um, you can that's say that's like, like a, a card day. Yeah. Yes. You can say that's like a post capitalistic, uh, uh, assimilation of a, of a yeah. folk, any, any city with a great Latin American population, they'll try to make. Yeah. Money I mean, it happens with anything. Like, 
it happened with Occupy Wall Street. I think we've, I think I've made the reference before in one of our podcasts together that I saw, you know, you can buy Occupy Wall Street posters at Walmart now. Buy your Occupy Wall Street t-shirt. How can you, you know, be caught like, kind of without a t-shirt? Against the point. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, that it happens. The commercialization and capitalization of these kind of cultural movements is something that happens. Um, you can't but, eat the rich know, without a t-shirt. T-shirts here, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm going to show up um, to the Met Gala and attack the rig dress. Yeah, exactly. so no offense Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, but, and, yeah, and, I was just like, okay. I think Obama was actually the first president to, like, recognize Dio de las Muertes. And it's absolutely, yeah. like, a liberal talking point. That if you are, like, yeah. you want to be part of the Latin American community, you'll say some, like, you'll think, like, you'll be like, oh, it's, like, Halloween. It's, like, their Halloween. So you'll, like, you know, recognize it as such. But that's the, the kind of thing we want to talk it's about, not, is that though. it's yeah. not a vanilla uh, excuse to dress like a spooky skeleton. It's th- And I think that's like, yeah. that's what I was trying to kind of express earlier is that when you get like yeah. Instagram models and things just painting their faces because it's a cosmetic mm-hmm. thing, like, you know, you see the makeup artists who are like, oh, I painted my face in the traditional style because it's cool and it takes some skill to do. And you're like, it's well, did they though? Did they use the paint that the Aztecs used in the indigenous? I don't probably not. No, probably not. Betting they, that they their makeup palette is not like, like maybe some of the same minerals, but no, I'm betting you it's not the same at all. And, and they don't know. <laughs> they don't know the roots. They don't know the traditions. Right. They don't know the values. And I appreciate, you know, like I guess at a superficial level that they think they're paying appreciation to it, but yeah, past the point we know that appropriation can be harmful too. So and that's just, that's where like that is the everything. line? And I think that's like oh, that with everything. And yeah. I, I hate to say it, but the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you know, people who dress a certain way because it's popular, and people who dress a certain mm-hmm. way because like they get it. And it like, you know, once it becomes more yeah. popular, you're gonna see more people coming out and being like, oh yeah, let's let's paint our faces like skulls and like. You know, because it's it's the day of it's it's whatever yeah. day it falls on on the calendar instead of the reflective confrontation with mortality and celebration of a momento more, um, a, right. a, a dance well, macabre, and but but in a, in appreciating a, yeah your your ancestors that contributed in both positive and negative ways, but not necessarily tearing on those negative side of law and order if you were in mexico yeah, no, the, cartels are, the yeah. cartels are much more like on your side if you're on their well, side that's why it's an interesting it's a very interesting dynamic, dynamic with the folk saints, right exactly. like the narco saints 
How else are you um, going to make a million dollars? Hanging mind is going blank. It, well, I mean, if yeah. you're cold, if you're if you're that materialistic. No, I get it. As much as I even want to, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an ascended person. It's materialistic and evil and carnal. And at the same time, Mexico with the government's like that, so fuck them. <laughs> like, at some point, well, you look Well, Pablo at, Escobar is probably the best example of, like, yeah. a candidate, like, a person that a lot of people know about now, especially because of the Netflix show and stuff, that, who was a Robin Hood figure, to use, like, a more European example mm-hmm. here, to his people. That's how these exactly. people become what we call, referred to as, like, folk saints. Right? No good guys and uh, the main one, yeah. the main one is eluding me now. The one that they feature on Breaking Bad, and Hank's like, "Who's that?" They have like the little statuette El on the Chapo. guy's desk when he gets. Um, it's not El Chapo. That's the drug dealer guy. Um, but I'm trying to think of the actual narco saint's name, and I can't. Oh God, I should have reread my papers oh, wait, before wait, wait, we wait, did let me look it up. Let me look it up real quick. Let me see um, it pulls up immediately. Yeah. Uh, we won't I wait should, for the narco saint. Yeah, narco saint. Because uh, um, as much like, as this is one of the main ones. Is recognized as uh, Santo de Muerte. Like something Pascual or something. Oh, gee, uh, Jesus well, Malverde. Yeah, Jesus Malverde is one of the main Jesus, ones. Angel and then now the Santo Muerte is becoming. Yeah, Angel yeah, of the Pole. Yeah, Santo Muerte is becoming a big figures, one yeah. now. Well, that's what but I was because saying. Because she's a more if feminine you are figure. In a po- yeah. impoverished, racist society like Mexico truly is, it's not a good place. It's a corrupt place. They've had revolutions for the last hundred years because of this. For the last 200 yeah. years. Mexico has always been a chaotic and oppressive, well, super Catholic and conservative. And from the very, that's the point. Catholics absolutely. are evil. Everyone knows this. It goes, it comes from the, <laughs> I, the state-sanctioned religion is evil. So it's not a society that's going to produce I mean, they, good fruits. <laughs> they, they were very clear about their goals, you know, gold, God, and glory everyone. when they came. Yeah, they're going to enslave all the cultures. And and Mexico itself is insane geographically. Like, if you look at the history of it, they owned up to Canada at one point. Like, what the fuck? Like, they owned literally half of North America. And then they've slowly over time have lost it to what we think of now as traditional Mexico. But the concept that the Catholics came over and said all of it's ours. <laughs> All of we slowly chipped away at their and we'll at take, their landmass over time through shady dealings, just hey, like with with the more northern Native Americans, the ones we're more familiar with. And we, I find it funny that we're all becoming so aware of like all the when we should be right. We should be becoming more aware yeah. of like the res, residential school massacres and all of that horrible heinous shit that's occurred um, oh, yeah. to Native American peoples on American soil. But you know. People don't it, get it that. It wasn't just in America. Own, yeah, like, like it theories. was in Canada. It was in Mexico. It was like, yeah. that's why we need to, we have to really get a clear picture of the scope we're talking about here because finding little ways here and there to honor that, those losses is is a starting step. But, well, well, I believe you know, we've got to connect Church the bigger has, dots here. Yeah, the Catholic Church has tried to destroy the non-duality philosophy that's native to America. A very Zen, a very Eastern. Well, and I don't even think it's non-dual, but it's it, it's dual in the Eastern sense, like what you're saying. Whereas it's not in competition with each other. It can just be in flow yes. and in balance, and it's not a, a me versus you, us versus them, evil versus good kind of thing. Even yes. when those things do exist, that death in does nature. not necessarily have to be evil. That the ideas, like you said, it's very complex. But like you know, which ancestors you're you're listening to, and how you you interpret and uh, carry on the virtues, and how you well, it, just how we regard death in our country yes. in general. Just we are just it, like the death industry is another thing I've kind of in my studies of Dia de los Muertos and looking into like the commercialization of it. I kind of peeked into that as well and looked into like people that have studied the anthropology of death 
in America specifically and how we commercialize that. Oh, it's and how very, the death yeah, industry yeah. is really just yeah. compounds on people's trauma. And I think anytime you've ever been in a situation where you around a family member who has to deal with another family member's death and make all those decisions fucking immediately. Also, like I think you just that... find out it happens and then you have to make all these decisions and have all this money because you have yes. to do it this way. That's and the law. Okay, you. why can't I just take grandpa down to the fucking river and make him a funeral pyre? Well, well like I mean, they, you they, know they, absolutely they, that it's, right. a, it's a marriage of government and private industry. To create it uh, is, but it's, and, and we have it under the guise of, like, in our minds, we view it as, like, oh, it's convenient, it's sanitary, it's safer, yada, yada. But really, it's just giving them another way to capitalize on a service that is, is yeah. it's important for us as people to do that for our loved ones. Well, there is a and traditional... And I think that our removal from that... It has also been psychologically impactful in ways that we can't even really. Well, it's an artificial tradition. See, I think it's an artificial tradition. Yeah. It started because of a lot of uh, bullshit, and it, no one knows the true history of like the, the whole. Well, death I think process. it's also it's related also to this idea that 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 you need intermediaries for exactly. They used to keep know, corpses in fucking sword. living rooms. Like and I, I to, mean, like no people in America do not want to learn about right? their own traditions of corpse of of the right. Way. You should just bury someone in your yard. And I don't, like, I don't expect they, they, every single person to know how to preserve a corpse. Like if you have an embalmer, like one person that's an embalmer you in your town or you whatever, that's just one thing. Build your but coffin. it was, it was still a much right. It was still a much more um, intricate and intimate, uh, process. intimate process. Like you weren't as far removed. Incredibly from it, intimate. So. Like Faulkner wrote yeah. about in fucking. Um, um, as I lay dying. Yep. Faulkner wrote about that's this shit example. where the entire family has to build a coffin. It, that's what I'm saying. Like you have yep. to like all come together and like like all. That's to say, like, it was the point of uniting a family at the at the juncture of life and death. Now, well, and those are that's part of the mourning ritual. Yes. So, and and nowadays we see the psychological thing. ramifications of not really ever getting to mourn. Yes, and, and, and yeah, yeah. DJ Los definitely serves as an outlet for that. And I think that's a lot of the reason why non-Hispanics can relate to it so much and they appreciate it so much yes, because that it, a lot it of times they don't feel void. like they have that outlet outside it, of the funeral or whatever. It fills a void. That even Halloween, that Halloween was supposed to be our void, like our traditional Celtic European. Yeah, commercialized to shit. Yeah. Well, like, it's supposed to be like, this is the point where the veil and the portal between life and death here in the afterlife, the great beyond, is thinnest. Yeah. And that the spirits are literally roaming the earth, getting to participate in life again. And that. Well, and it's interesting because it's almost like making light of it under the guise of all the spooky parts and it almost makes like the, the actual spiritual aspect of it less accessible because it's like has this veneer of oh yeah we live in that atheistic know. capitalistic you know new age uh, yeah. dystopia where there is no real soul in anything and so we try to re- reinforce that with how soulless everything it is but no like ultimately it, it's it's because Americans do not know their own history Americans don't even know why they feel the thing as they do like this great power in Halloween it should not be as popular a holiday as it is because no one really knows why they celebrate and love it so much but it's like that soul yep. attraction of of you have to address and um, express your concept of, of the of the afterlife of the metaphysical of the yeah of the I think you're right 
I think we fill that pull, and we want some way to express that and, and engage with that. We call it the paranormal. We call it the supernatural. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's all yeah. the, it's all different words for the exactly. great beyond or the thing that. Yeah, and when we make light of it and goof about it, it makes it easier to keep it like not real, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that that. Now that's I hate to kind of remember this, this late in the game, but it. Uh, do you mind introducing yourself for the audience at home out there in Dreamland? How to reach you <laughs> and your YouTube? Because I saw you had a YouTube. I've subscribed yeah. to it. You're you're doing uh, chats uh, solo since last we spoke. You're a returning guest, a special guest that's returning. I believe this is your True. third appearance. But we are actually yep. um, uh, frequent call, like, texters, and we DM each other on Instagram a lot. And uh, lots of it, X Files memes. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely great to speak to you um, for the show and everything, but I get to the great privilege and pleasure to speak to you often. And so um, that I'm very excited and very happy to be able to speak to you for the, the great uh, the Beyond Tech Top Secret Texas podcast. You know, and um, just for everyone at home, um, your art history oracle on YouTube and yes. Instagram, but do you mind, uh, in your own words, uh, introducing yourself and, and all of that? Yeah, my name is Jessica Louise Kendrick, uh, Jessica Louise Bruneau on Instagram or Art History Oracle with periods in between the words. <laughs> yes, I have YouTube, Instagram, Patreon. Um, we can add some contact info if we need to. But I specialize in art history, museum studies, nonprofit studies. Uh, my specialties within art history are Native American studies, Mesoamerican studies, religious studies. I don't know. I could oh, and a lot of intersectional kind of things, um, especially when it comes to, uh, like, European cultures meeting indigenous cultures and how those cultures kind of um, fuse or... I feel like calling that postmodernism. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, because we're in a post-postmodernism we're in a post uh, yeah. post uh, information society, a post technology. I like postmodernism. I mean, how can you how can you get any more posts than that? <laughs> like, it, well, I always roll so my post. eyes at people are like I'm a deconstructionist, right? Because it's like we all love to take shit apart, but who's putting stuff back together? I so practice homin- I really, hermeneutics, and um, yeah, I I like to when I pose these questions, I kind of take take things apart um, and unpack things. I do like to pose questions that also at least start the discussions of how we can um, move from here. You know, I remember like all where my professors been. like 15 well, years we, ago uh, lamenting that deconstructionalism had killed academia. And like, yeah. I have not stayed attached to academia. It's a little but trolly. I see, it. I see yeah. its fruits where everything is, is basically from your own personal opinion and interpretation of things and anything is valid as long as you can elaborate long enough about it and like yeah i think it's fruits and i'm not a fan of that I think <laughs> definitely yeah you know because i find it to be self-aggrandizing past the point yes yeah i know exactly what you mean you and that's why i kind of yeah there's fruits. a copy out there it's like i can talk shit about something for i mean i can keep i can beat a dead horse i can go on and on and on but it's better if I can make my point and then loop it back around and be like, okay, this is my ideas about what we could do based on all of those holes I just shot in all of this shit. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I like stirring shit up, but I like um, trying to find solutions, too. I like so I'm making not certain just points. I, I like, like the, the vagaries. Yeah. I don't think it's a... It, uh, like, I understand there's, like, 
there's a there's a revelation or a revel, revelatory method in in understanding but like the oneness of things. Yeah, understand the oneness of things, but I don't think like things have intrinsic meaninglessness or valuelessness. Like you know, what I'm saying like the idea that all things are equal is is really like deep. But then you turn it on its head, and it's like all things are equally absurd like it's a type well, of absurdism yeah you know? it's usually a, it's a simplification yeah. you know like those three or four word ones or something over or a simplification of a, like a longer statement that's, that's usually like easier to misinterpret when it's simplified like yeah that sounds good but how are you actually interpreting it yeah yes. <laughs> like we're going to be talking today about Deodos Mortis and the the day yeah. of the dead as well as the the hybridization the impact the influence all things about it as much as we can get in the the time that we have which I thank you for sharing with us your time is very precious I know you're a very busy woman yeah. um and um, always something crazy going on Exactly. We're going to talk about an hour, maybe two hours about this, but if we had two years to talk about this, we may not have covered everything at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, this is this this particular topic that we're going to talk about are kind of my specialization within the research that I do within academia. So I probably could talk forever. And we can always do it again. So it's taken two thousand years to to form itself in the. Uh, image it has now in the form it has now, which is like you said, a hybridization yeah. of Catholic uh, oversight, well, uh, yeah. inner tr- Aboriginal resistance, a human, a, a just sublime human, um, existential, philosophical, intelligent, uh, celebratory. Uh, like who knows how holidays are formed. Uh, every right. nation and, and culture definitely has their way own holidays. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So that it combines yeah. the indigenous with the with the uh, you know uh, I guess you call it, it. It's just this fantastic uh, exhibition of humanity. It is. It is humanity yeah. almost at its best. I think it's a, it's interesting to observe the different ways that humans have either like kind of personified death, like through Santa Morte, the Grim Reaper. We could talk about a bunch of different examples. Um, there's tons of different death archetypes, death goddesses, death gods, whatever. Um, but I think how each culture kind of conceives of those deities says a lot about how they relate to death too. And it is very psychologically revealing. Um, and can reveal a lot of trauma, you know, and so if that's what we're looking for as a culture to heal, like, whatever shadow it is we need to, with regard to this, like, obsessive avoidance of death, which I definitely would say is a plague in and of itself, not just in America, but, you know, in the world. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone would be a lot better off. We'd be a lot less concerned with um, self you know, no, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the things that people don't know about about like America, for example, is that it's quickly losing any attachment or connection to the dead uh, or to the deceased. Yeah. Even in their own immediate family, uh, cemeteries, yeah. for example, will set out their own flowers on tombstones because they that tradition is is rapidly dying. Where you would, if you drove past the cemetery, there'll be these flowers laid out. That's put there by the cemetery owners as a type yeah. of um, way of advertising their services or their 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 you know properties. It's like I know a service they provide really with the endowment. 
Yeah, most yeah, I know families will never visit a a deceased relative. Like like yeah. over sixty percent of every family in America currently in the year twenty twenty will never revisit after they laid a family member to rest their friend or their That's family. A pretty astounding member. statistic. It is gone from them. Yeah. They are not going to talk about it. They're not going to bring it up. It doesn't influence or affect their own existence. I mean, yes, of course it has to. It, it always has to, and it does. But they will never publicly yeah. address it or let it like in the Americans, even during Halloween, like there's some kind of like psychic obsession with it because it, I, yeah. I believe it's un unvented, unexpressed um, trauma or lost Absolutely. trauma it, or like, you know, yeah. even heartbreak or fear of one's own mortality. And yeah. I believe that's like a big. Well, it's just like the Southern pastors being uber homophobic and them being the ones that look at the most gay porn. Yes, that there's some kind of like in a uh, manner of speak, like some metaphor there, but you know what I'm saying. Oh no, yeah. I know internal tension. Like, no, yeah, there's internal like tension. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> it's just an overboiling. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and where, um, like you said, uh, the forgiveness. I, I noticed that you mentioned that twice already. That the the idea of uh, choosing who you remember, choosing how you remember them, and dealing yeah. with unresolved ancestral trauma, lineages of poor, uh, you know, poor poor family members, uh, villainous family members, you know, people who caused a lot of distress and suffering. Yes, that's uh, that's ironically yeah. a super Coco. Mexican, super Hispanic thing to deal with. The movie Coco. Is that there's yeah. so much conflict <laughs> and bitterness, and as well as revulsion and uh, and re- rejection, you know, rightfully so, of family members who have crossed lines, who have proven themselves to be uh, basically sinners in many different regards, or even uh, have sinned against us. And it goes into this like Catholic yeah. overview of it, where it's like. You right. know, you have to deal with each other. It quickly other. can go there, yeah. Like, your morality. <laughs> it's no, just so no. ingrained, yeah. No, I'm saying it goes with this idea that what Americans don't do is judge the dead. And the Catholics dig up the dead and judge them <laughs> in courts of law. <laughs> like, that's a... I don't know. It's hard to say whether Americans judge the dead now. Yeah, ironically. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, look at New Orleans. Great cemeteries. Catholic city. Yeah. Look at look at every uh, Latin American cemetery. Uh, great great care of mausoleums, things like that. There's very mm-hmm. much a mindset of sure. uh, recognizing uh, the dead and and seeing that there's a mortality, a, a confront a confrontation of mortality. Now the the yeah. average uh, practitioner of Day of the Dead celebrates it and will offer food, will offer uh, liquor. A tobacco, you know, rites of, of celebration. Um, yeah, things that their ancestors liked, mm-hmm. generally, if they if they know those. Things that their ancestors liked, like particular, like favorite candies or something, if they know those things. Which ironically is a very too, Christian so. type thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very much like a... Depending on how far you go back, I guess, yeah. Or a very much <laughs> like a... If you look at, say, even, I mean, I know it's weird to bring up, but, like, the ancient Greeks and Hebrews and, and Romans would have catacombs. And they, there's been documented discoveries of, like, fish and bread. You know? Like, that's a very... Yeah, that's definitely. That's a super ancient thing to do. Very common. Re- yeah, I mean, I think it was... This idea that the food or the, the items would somehow nourish the spirits has been around for a while, like... 
I think there's evidence for them doing that really as far back as we have evidence of, like, ritual activity, really. Um, Do you think that that's a... That's a good way to figure out if something is, like, a shrine-type area, is if we have indications of, like, food offerings around or, yeah. I, I just think that's a very that's a very stark and interesting um hegemonic uh, a way of interpreting dead immediate family or dead nuclear family or dead ancestors where in America well the ritual in and of itself is interesting too because we you know us for us putting like an extra loaf of bread on a table is maybe not that big of a deal but in entire eras when Wasting food, or that maybe could be considered wasting food, even though a lot of times they'd eat it after it was on the altar after a while. Not like till it, not once it was bad, but after it had been there and it had been, it was considered that the spirit had consumed it or whatever. Then the humans could consume it. Not always, but a lot of the time. No, um, I absolutely understand but that. But that too. was a, an offering, yeah. No, I mean, it was a, a sacrifice. The kind of point I wanted to make was that um, the the idea in the West. Not just Americans, but Europeans mm-hmm. as well, especially your Northern Europeans, your more uh, Protestant Europeans, where the dead ha- are like in- are interrogated, and the flaws and faults of their life, especially between children and parents, are immediate nuclear family. You know what I'm saying? Like brothers mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters, the faults and flaws of their life are attempted like like there's a rectification that goes on like it's it's critically yeah. examined objectively examined uh ethically examined and then yep. a, a vow or a decision is made to move in a different direction as an individual either and yeah. usually away from them usually like usually well, in, a, in a kind of negative light where it's corrective it's not like man we should be more like that person it's more like well, and, a, it, gonna, and you would imagine that something like that would happen in the family conversations right like mm-hmm. as you were considering who to include on the altar or whatever you know or that that would have been a conversation that had like occurred somehow at some point no, we're not giving. But food we to him. we hey, we no, wouldn't. That. We're not yeah, we wouldn't that. know that. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. And then and then you would discuss it, right? So so in that way, perhaps it would serve as a tool for sussing out dysfunctional family behavior too. You know, and then everybody because it's a Hispanic family. You know, everyone is in on it on the conversation and understands why it was unacceptable. Yada yada. Blah, blah, blah. And they all maybe have a say or maybe not if it's like a really Catholic Hispanic family or something like that. But you know, that's those kinds of things have a purpose within. You know, that's why those rituals originally existed, like in nature and in our functioning i don't know i feel like i keep saying functioning oh no i i believe that but you get it yeah it's like we don't we don't do that anymore i believe it may have (laughs) even influenced the the jesus christ's um um in for like his teachings and that when he when he was teaching to forgive and to uh you know honor uh your neighbor and parent and all that that the idea was that is a traditional like it's a positive thing for the soul and it's a traditionally expressed behavior you know I mean literally like you said like giving food to the dead and not holding grudges like that is literally the manifestation of being like you know um, 
like honoring literally, you know, your your mother and your father. Honor, like you know, literally, yeah. uh, you know, bringing them and well, you're kind of rectifying the lineage there in in the three D, like in the physical. Yes. And I do believe that ripples out, you know, energetically in the subtle realms too. Whether you know it helps advance that that soul that's passed on that maybe wasn't the desirable figure, maybe maybe that family conversation, you know, helped rectify something for that soul mm. along the way, or at least helped it from bleeding out onto the the lineage. You know, we just don't really know. We can't ever really measure the infinite ripple effects that something has, but. But I think and it's important not to underestimate it either. No, so, it, you know, when yeah. we just, these things eventually get cut out completely from our society because it's deemed as just not really necessary, there are repercussions. They're just more subtle ones that then bubble up in weirdly socially psychotic ways. <laughs> well, remember, we, we have a society that literally has old folks' homes. So it's not even like age or elderliness is, is even like domesticized or brought to. Any dis- uh, any kind of disease. We have a very yeah. toxic society when it comes to Absolutely. reality and embracing humanity. We have a society where... Well, and you don't even really have to be that helpless to really be, like, helpless in terms of being stuck in the system. Oh, no, I mean, like, like, there are people who are, like... Modern society is so... It's so ignorant of the real-life values of life and death, of confronting mortality, of understanding real biological finiteness or or metaphysical concepts of the soul. It's not like, oh, we're all into this life culture and youth worship. It's a uh, very, like a rat in a maze, you know, just sad, pitiful. Yeah, well, there's no way to win in that system. This existential pitiful uh, flailing of desperate action to try to ignore reality, and there's no dignity in it, and it's like, like any dis- any distraction at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like even the autopsy and corridor process, like some stranger just stuffs you full of embalming fluid and like takes out your eyeballs, yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? I mean, like, yeah, what else are you gonna do? It's science, and you're like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. What? I yeah. mean, I think the idea. Yeah, I feel like the idea, the modern idea of viewing the body, right, is is supposed to be echoing the ancient practices that we would have of being closer to the body. But I think exactly. as a substitute, it's, it's much more irksome. Like, it's much more traumatic, I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think right. it's a back, it's definitely a backfire. Yeah, that that's one. what I was trying to say. Like, a lot of our society's <laughs> yeah, problems, I agree. a lot of our society's problems is because we have we don't have these realities present imprinting themselves into our daily society. So, like you said, if, say you have a, an immediate family member who is very toxic and like hurting the other family members and so it's because they themselves did not or we don't live in a society that would have these important values that presented like you are going to die the only people to remember you are your immediate family members the only people to care I'm about your grave is your immediate family members and if they don't give you snacks you're going to starve as a ghost <laughs> and yeah. if people had that realization they wouldn't hurt their family. They wouldn't fall into drug addictions. They wouldn't fall into um, spousal abuse patterns or, like, you know, sexual abuse. But like, you would see, and I think that's what people yeah, are hard to, to, to I know that 
uh, Mexican Americans and, and Mexicans themselves have a lot of domestic issues, but like every society, but it's this egotism uh-huh. that rejects. It's oftentimes uh, overtly recognized as a feminine holiday because it is. The yin energy recognizes family. The yin energy recognizes longevity, yeah. generations, True. respect to family. people who are yeah. not overtly like you know your breadwinners or your your strong more men. mystical kind of. Yeah, you understand that if someone's like doing yeah. laundry, that you, they should get respect because they're helping out. You know, part of the chores. You know, exactly. Like, and you see that the toxic, uh, I don't want to be like, well, but the toxic masculinity practice is yeah. what causes all the evils in both Mexican and American society. Uh, it's not like women are slitting each other's throats and drug cartels, you know. And if you want to doubt me on that, I have hundreds of videos of men chopping each other's heads off with chainsaws. Yeah, <laughs> it's, as I'm saying, like, no, I'm sure it's happening. It's I just don't, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this idea that they yeah. are alive and well, they are powerful. They are in the moment. Yeah, I think that's not. That's, I think that women's egotism manifests in a lot of different ways. It just really just depends because I know a lot of women whose ego manifests very masculinely too. So, well, there's that thing in know, America too. I think anytime, anytime we, that, that's yeah, anytime toxic, it's too uh, far one way or another, really, it, you know, it's, it's no good. Oh, I was going to say, toxic masculinity is invading women in America. That there's yeah. this AI going around. It's infecting women in the New Age movement especially. And, like, converting them yeah. to this anti-life, um, toxic masculinity Lilith formula. Like, Lilith... Yeah, um, I mean, that's kind of ties into that Lunar Matrix stuff that we've, we've talked about before. In terms of, like, the Lisa Renee context and her research and writings and stuff and i don't disagree because yes i think i saw you going oh, most off. of us can see some yeah i saw you going off on uh people recently on your instagram feed and everything and i don't it's like i mean i just I, i'm just watching you it's just go and i'm like, any extremism is just usually a bad way to go you make good so points. It's just like, exactly you make good points we don't want to use we don't want to use these things that are meant to be tools as weapons really and it's a fine line of when that starts to happen. It's kind of fuzzy. No, you're right. Like, but women, women I think be, once uh, it gets too far over, we can we know. Yeah, women, you know, I, and I think maternal... that we need to hold women accountable for being not toxic, just like we need to hold men accountable for not being toxic. And and how that way those ways manifest is can be different. But you know, exactly. either way, needs no, to go. Either way, it, it, yeah. go yeah. elsewhere. Out. <laughs> well, a destructive impulse, a destructive instinct. There's a there's a egotistic yeah. instinct where. Uh, you know, it has to destroy all the others and anyone else around it, and it thrives on yeah. us and them system. It thrives on a on a here and now system, and I think the great mm-hmm. irony is that anyone who thinks for just a minute on the subject, who thinks who has a philosophical bone in their body, can recognize mm-hmm. the here and now is only a moment. No life is worth, you know, injuring or hurting. Someone. Well, and what it's and you know that what we know in this picture. second could be different than the than four seconds from yeah. now. You know, like you, it's you, just it's, shit can change in a minute, or you know, even way less than a minute. So, I uh, you know, our perception of time is totally you know changing all the time. Also, as we each grow, 
Oh, and then you look at it multidimensionally. (laughs) You look at it multidimensionally. You look at it. So I I always just try to keep an open mind, and it's like I don't necessarily know what the absolute truth is, but but I can say with a good degree of certainty what it isn't in a lot of instances. And I think that's the most most of us can do. You you know, in any one moment. Um, yeah. Los Mortes makes a lot more sense, especially. I know this is a kind of a tangent, but like to bring it back into all together. Um, the, yeah. the, when you look at it multidimensionally, dimensionally, Los Mortes makes so much more sense because it's not just a singular linear timeline where it's you are alive and then you'll die and you'll be dead forever. It's in many ways the expression of a joined consciousness, a hive mind, or a group soul, or a godhead. Um, yeah, that's usually the, the oversoul, what some people would call the monad. Yeah, yeah a monad, yeah. exactly. We're, it, it doesn't yeah. matter who you are in life, your individual differences and your identities, and how when you yeah. were born, all humans are humans, and ultimately will will be human until they die. And then when they're dead, then they exist in the spiritual capacity to always yeah. observe those who are alive. And in in well, and, some cases help yeah. out overview. It's this it's like this idea that people can talk about ghosts and not come to any kind of religion. But I mean like it's not in America they talk about ghosts without the religious implications of it. You have to then take yeah. the responsibility exactly. to to well, be yourself because you're forever. <laughs> like you, you've in that yeah. saying, you've uh, recognized you are infinite. You are beyond your physical form, right? Like, yes, you are represented mm-hmm. by your bones, but that's like the very fundamental. Def, def, like you know how monks shave their head and they wear the same clothes because right. they, they want to reduce. That's what I mean. like it's that level of zen, uh, uh, asceticism, where it's like it, yeah, it the removal of oneself from the world. Woman doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, fat skinny doesn't matter. Good evil doesn't matter. In the big picture, it's all exactly one species moving. Through the experience of life. Yeah, just we're just experiencing ourselves on like micro and macro levels, and I think people get way too caught up. And it's like there's a way to own what I like to say, own your pieces, and and have pride and be fine with that without like holding on to the negative ego that was associated with those pieces. Maybe um, there's just there's lots of ways to do it. But it's, it's, it's a constant process of, like, staying integrated, and it's not easy. And it's, uh, when you have a large system that chooses to enable uh, obliviousness as opposed to self-awareness, it becomes hard for people sometimes, and they end up, like, creating their own um, kind of isolated hell where they can't ever actually make, uh, make improvements or make progress, but they feel like they're constantly working. And yeah, well, it's, see, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shitty that, place to be. That's what they yeah. want you to be. I don't envy anyone stuck there. No, but that's what they want you to be. Yeah, they the powers to be one. Yeah, is because that's how. And they when can you when you give in to the divide and conquer mentality, it definitely will keep you there. Yes. Yeah, that well, I mean, they they definitely want you to be afraid of death. For example, they want you to be. Yeah, and we really shouldn't be. And you really shouldn't be. Yeah. In Dio Des Mortes, you understand that no matter what happens to you, ultimately, it's this. 
it's this organic process. And I know I say it's a non-dualism of judging against judgment. And I know that it, it, I'm having a trouble wrapping my mind around it at the age of 34. And so if you're listening to this and you have, it's maybe your first time hearing non-dualism <laughs> in the West, yeah. it makes itself very odd because it has to manifest itself as something that's not even in this realm of life. It's a realm of death. It's a realm of the afterlife. Well, where it's like, and really I think a, a nightmare before Christmas, it's Halloween town. Yeah. I know it's not Halloween. But it's Halloween Town, where it's like the the Adams family. There's also a Disney Channel movie called Halloween Town. So. Yes, it's the Adams family. Yeah. It's this idea that when you cross the threshold, the veil of this life and the the great beyond, everything exists. It's all permissible and it's all equal, equally valued, equally weird, equally unique. It's like it's yeah. it's it's like that in the afterlife. Humans are no longer bound by fear or bound by limitation. They are represented by like their true, um, their true self. And I think that even illiterate, uneducated natives, like aboriginals, like tribes people, are people who have been repressed and brainwashed in systems like Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, know this. I think that's a human truth. Well, it's not like it's not like indigenous peoples didn't have like do like conceptions of duality, like masculine, feminine, male, female. Obviously, they did, mm-hmm. but we also know that they had concepts such as um, what two spirited people, right? Like in North America, anyway, um, where this idea what we would equate to someone being like intersex or having multiple gender identities or whatever, um, being maybe both male or female in the same body, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, clearly they understood duality, but they also understood that things aberrated from uh, the norm and from duality, and they viewed that as also divine. You know, like in many ancient cultures, people also viewed people that were born uh, with, like, misshapen limbs or with other deformities as being, like, sacred or divine because it was just out of the norm. So I think that we get really attached to different rituals and then when we cut them out it definitely leaves a hole and we have to find something to replace it and sometimes those things we seek to replace it aren't great ones and I've also seen when we venerate the wrong ancestors right like that carrying on we have that going on very heavily in our country and around the world right now too as people are rediscovering their roots but then also maybe doing that in such a way that's not so healthy in terms of intercultural relations well, you dig? The, the next item, <laughs> we should talk about the, the other half of this coin, and you're right, the, the not-so-good part of it, the, the part where it's yeah. uh, a social ill or an evil, and that is, I think, in my opinion, Santa de los Mortes. Mm-hmm. Santa de los Mortes, or um, um, Santa de Morte, is the cult of death and death worship. That's extremely popular amongst gangsters, gang members, cartel members, narco tra- uh, traffickers, human traffickers. It is kind of replacing Satanism or Santeria when it comes to active negative black magic practice, especially in American yeah. m- immigrant 
societies, or especially in these gang, these criminal organizations? The borderland regions, it's pretty heavy. It's definitely spreading. Um, and that's, it's interesting because that, all of the, what you said is absolutely true. But it seems like on the other hand, with Santa Muerte, we have communities of people that are venerating her in a much more like traditionally Catholic way, and they've kind of incorporated her into their uh, folk saints that they venerate in a kind of a more traditionally conservative manner. So it, that's why she fascinates me, because it's like you have the cops that guard the jail with the Santa Muerte medallion on while the fucking narcos outside are also wearing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like she... And that's why the, 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 common, or the common people seem to um, appreciate Santa Muerte so much and why you have people who you might not expect uh, like becoming Santa Mortistas or venerating her alongside like Mother Mary especially because she's seen as this figure who doesn't discriminate between people who maybe do uh, like less than legal things because like you said in Mexico like lots of people are fucking criminal like just because they work for the law or they're you know doesn't mean anything no, I mean, I know, it's so complex. So I was like, yeah. no, everyone knows that. It's really like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, as I, as I said earlier, like an hour ago, on paper, as much mm-hmm. as we want to be like, no, this is right and this is wrong. If anyone has been to Mexico or knows reality, it is a very complex situation where yeah. there are no good guys. The only thing you can trust is that there are no good people. As they're like, they're it, either it, all good guys or all bad guys. Well, yeah, you know, like, like it's worlds, like, well, I mean, almost, in those worlds, yeah. you're like, why, why is some, why is something happening to someone? They deserved it. And trust me, everyone here is going to get what's coming to them because they're on this path. They're on that road. And no one's in a cartel well, who's a good guy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, no matter well, what and the problem, on, the problem becomes is it's like, uh, you know, the, the casualties within. But, you know. The stuck in the yeah. crossfire, the And there are the some people not in the cartel that definitely get no, that's what abused that's by the terrible. cartel, obviously. No, that, yeah. that's terrible. That's and, and it, so, so the dynamic of, of those people also, you know, using Santa Morte for protection against those people who yes. are using her to try to get there. And usually they're using her in different capacities. So like you mentioned Santeria, this usually takes a very kind of Santeria or Vodun kind of approach where they're using candle magic with color associations and things like that. And the, the color that gets more associated with like the nefarious ones is the black, obviously. And so that's the one you always see on TV, like in the Breaking Bad episode with Santa Morte where they crawled to the shrine, the, the twins, the evil narco gangster twins. Um, yeah, they have, like, a black candle. It's yeah, so but, you know, you can use any, like, you can use the white candle, you can use gold candle, like, you can work with Santa Marta in a variety of fashions. Um...
view her as being like like I said, less judgmental of them coming to her with maybe more sinful kind of things. Like oh, this, these are like self-reported things. So when I was doing research and doing it, you know, it's like no, reading into really the news reports it. because back if then there really wasn't any scholarly really, research besides the. You no, know, I'm saying if you ahead, really yeah. killed a person, if you really raped a woman, if you really cutting off someone's fingers because they owed a debt, yeah. if you've really done that, you know, and you're just doing you that because that's what you have Catholic to do to survive. Church. Yeah, you can't go to a Catholic exactly. church and be like, hello, Father, I've sinned. I had to slice a guy's throat because uh, my boss told me to. I didn't even know who the guy was. I just had yeah, to like, yeah. go Yeah, yeah, President Guadalupe might not like, you know, yeah, you, exactly. gotta, no, you gotta have, you gotta know your audience. But right? that's why yeah. I was thinking about cartels, is that if you see someone in a cartel get shot by another cartel member, you're like, yeah, he probably deserved it. You don't, because, you, don't, he, you mind your business. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like at that point, you're not. (laughs) They killed that cartel boss. Isn't it terrible? No, he probably deserved it. This is this is all that world of Shiva and materialism and like that black magic. As they like that masculine bullshit. Sympathy. Yeah. Like there's a movie called Counselor, for example, and it was written by uh, uh, Joe McCarthy. Who wrote uh, (laughs) No Country for Old Men? Also another good movie to watch about this. Anyone involved in this? I thought that was Cormac McCarthy. Huh? Cormac McCarthy, you're right, not John McCarthy. Cormac. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I'm like, who's Bill McCarthy? That's it's okay. Well, he wrote on the, he's not on the road. He wrote the road. I don't road names. <laughs> no, that's, no, I it's okay. It's a, wrote, I cannot remember it. Yeah, name. that one movie that Viggo Mortensen was in. I'm like, save me, Jeebus. like, I can't remember a fucking name to save my life. All right. No, I'm saying there's two of us here. McCormick McCarthy, um, Bubba, (laughs) save me, Bubba. You mean Buddha? It's like Guatama Bubba. I like it. I was speaking tongues. I was speaking. I'm a crazy snake. Yeah, there you go. Cool. No, it's like it is Sunday. But the idea, though, of that, like, the, the Cormac McCarthy is a is a master writer. He's an incredibly uh, intelligent genius, modern-day, uh, like, uh, understand... Uh, he's basically... He's in, like, that, that Mensa Society level of intellectual. And he writes exclusively about the Definitely. cartels and about the borders and about this neo-cowboy Texas culture of, like, hyper-violence and things like that. The Counselor is a great movie uh-huh. to watch because it's this idea that uh, you've laid your hands on iniquity. You've laid your hands on a purely material, earthly lifestyle, and the only end of that is fire and death. Like, well, it's, it's also about crossing the threshold into greed. Yeah, Greek tragedies. A lot of them. Absolutely. The, yeah. the idea of, of, of mourning, of grief, of loss, of this classic yeah. tragedy of hubris. And that's why I think Santa yeah. de Morte... And getting and, too greedy. Yeah, Santa de Morte is that figure that these people who well, have crossed that line, and they know that because well, that what like they Well, that's a great equalizer. In, yeah, what they engage in is karmically negative, is classically evil... That they pray to this this deity, this this uh, icon uh, of the Grim Reaper in a feminine form. Personification of death. Personification yeah. of death. To to bless them with the ability to escape death, and thus prolong their inevitable judgment. It's a very unique metaphysical uh, belief system, 
with the like you said, it can be manifested in can- candle burning and stuff, but it's like Shiva worship. It's like well, and, and simultaneously conflicting, right? Because you have it's not like all the followers are presumably asking for the same thing, even though you have that same thing happening in like Christianity, obviously. But you know the Santa Morte uh, view on it is pretty stark. That's like a really stark example versus like Christians, different groups of Christians wishing for different things that are slightly different versus like. Well, I know, like in the, I know, like in the death. Hebrews, that there's a Jewish mafia. I'm not saying that the, mm-hmm. because they're Mexican, oh, that this is why oh, they're in cartels that. or anything. Uh, we all know that organized crime, organized criminals in every culture, usually has a crime god or a god that can excuse their I'm criminal kind of activities. Thing, yeah. uh, for example, in the Hebrew mafia, it was very famous that they were hitmen and they ran Murder Inc. Because in the Talmud and in the Torah. It says that thou should not kill is interpreted as thou should not kill Jews, so they can kill a non a, a gentile without any repercussion in their own society. Oh, yeah. that, this is the thing that people don't realize. Like in in, in the, the the Italian mafia, they were Catholic and they were given a a order by the Pope that they could kill anyone in the Jesuit order. That's it's it's highly involved. Because you have a karmic and a spiritual reality to you. you everyone has a soul. There is not one person on earth without a soul. Everyone came from a mother. Everyone was born. Yeah. Everyone was inheriting the responsibility of living to fulfill a positive, spiritual, karmic reality. From the ancient days to the nowadays to the far future. If you're a human being, you are born with a soul. And everyone knows. I'd be very fractured, but you have one. Yeah, everyone knows that it's right, like right and wrong, good or evil, black and white. And like you said, it's not traditionally black or white. It's just the idea of bind or polarities. And I think that the idea. Well, why would we have? Why would we have free will? If the I feel like it's kind of inherent that we would have to discern for ourselves, like the good and the bad in the black and the white. And that it wasn't going to be that simple as to be the black and the white. Exactly. <laughs> like, that it's not that simple because yeah, the idea that the, <laughs> the skeleton Grim Reaper in in the most fundamental easy, why way. Why would we need free will? Yeah, well, yeah, it's the most fundamental free way that it's like it's both uh, a presentation of inevitability, like everyone will, yeah, regardless of how. I mean, but will die. I feel like the assumption that God would give us free will and then make it like a giant joke at the end, like, ha, well, joke was on you because you made the bad choice is inherently kind of should give away that that God is kind of off, right? Like, that oh. doesn't sound... Oh, we're talking about theosophy. Right Hell yeah. Theosophy. We're talking about Dostoevsky <laughs> style. Let's get Tolstoy yeah. on this bitch. Either way, yeah. <laughs> God, God exists, but God is not good. Because <laughs> God is not well, good. Well, I'm not saying and, that. I'm saying that version, if that's no, the God they're the, peddling, then that's not... The, yeah, the concept the is much beyond that. I know of. Yeah, the concept is much exactly. beyond that. It's Human beings have good and evil, but God is much beyond human beings. What, what is what is man yeah. to a God? And who, who are you yeah. to defy God's destiny? Especially when you bring in Calvinism. <laughs> when you're like, this is all predestined. And you're like, oh man. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Because that guy getting his hand chopped it's off by the cartel. It's hard not to get nihilistic at that point, yeah. Exactly. No, they have to deal with it too. Mexican, if you were born in yeah. Mexico as a member of a gang and a cartel, you well, it's are... Well, just like growing up in inner city Chicago, exactly. you, wouldn't, you don't know any different. There's a nihilism. 
there's a pain. There's a and, pressure. And sometimes there's those a, are the people that take care of those neighborhoods. Exactly. Like we mentioned Pablo Escobar. You no, know, there's right. lots of instances of that kind of thing on a smaller scale, and we just don't know their names. That's just the one we no, you right. know, have books written about. And you, brought about. Up, uh, you brought up Breaking Bad, which is very philosophically a strange show because it's a choice that this one oh, man makes. Yeah. And it goes like, contrary yeah, to his speaking life Speaking of the line plan. between, like, needing and being yes. greedy. Beca- yeah. Because it's this idea of philosophical choice. But you're right, that no one else in the show has that philosophical choice that they can make. They are literally in situations that are beyond them. And, um, yeah. and the cartels are very And much- Walt consistently, yeah, Walt consistently <laughs> kind of chooses to stay in the shit. Whereas... You know, it's funny because Jesse, who was in the shit in the first place, kind of, I'm not going to, like, defend his life choices, but, you know, he has less of a leg to stand on if he wanted to get out, like well, you were yeah. saying, you know, like, whereas Walt, he had another life. That, you're right. The Dio de los Muertes, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that the uh, Santo de los Muertes is like a, the only escape philosophically, existentially, for the people who are living this life, who have to wake yeah, up Yeah, it's the only way for that duality day. to make sense. Yes, right? it's like, the only way And it's they coming from the same mindset of like, and this, you know, brings in kind of the indigenous component in that area, at least. With the Aztecs, you know, always get, get a bad rap for all this human sacrifice and stuff. But they believe that they didn't do that. The sun literally was not going to come up in the morning, right? We talked about this. I don't even think they did that. I know you already know. I don't even think... You know, not as much as people I make it out like. No, I, exactly. Um, but, I, I, you I know, argue, it can happen eventually. I can argue but, that But, you know, that, that's making them that. a little a little dumber than they were. Well, the way they say, um, like, oh, they cut but, back hearts and then threw the bodies down the stairs. And I'm like, okay, go do a forensic study on the steps. Is it caked in blood? Well, I also Are there like how they assume that, like, yeah, the depiction of... One event that was probably like a once in a lifetime event means that they were doing it all of the time, <laughs> right? Like, well, even like caught you doing drugs at the club one time, so you must be there every night. Like I have right? my own no. memories, and like, yeah, exactly. Like I have my own theories and my own memories and stuff like that, uh, and my own like intuitions. But to get with like as close to the mainstream narrative, is it so hard to think that the Catholics lied to us? Is it so hard to think that after they like literally stole they, and they get all up and books? have fundraisers and are like, we want to help world poverty, derp, 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 exactly. and then literally is could it, in five seconds, literally so could in five seconds. Think, oh, here, go sell this vase. Go sell this vase. You're good. You're the whole, all of Latin America. You're good. They could in a second. No, they don't exactly. want to. Don't, That's no, the don't whole, their whole deal. Do you think that the Catholics <laughs> like, have ever you, been honest to anyone about anything <clears throat> ever? No. It's okay. And they are the to... absolute model yeah. for every other corporate, corrupt-ass organization. Yeah, it's I'll okay say. to question anything honest. a Catholic tells you. Like, it's okay. Yeah, they're not, Catholics they're lying are the original capitalists. The truth. Like, let's be real. Oh, it's, and I don't even think they burned the yeah. books. I think they just stole the codexes, and they have the truth. The thing is, it's just yeah. a suppressed They just utopia. wanted to make it more limited edition. Duh. That's yeah, they were they just do. a utopia of individual <laughs> they state. They control the info now. Exactly. And the fact that the, uh, like, that no one even understands what the codexes say 
is proof enough that says that we don't even know what was going on in their own heads. Like, we think we know the motivations. Like, oh, they cut out the hearts because the sun god wouldn't... How do we... We don't even know what they wrote down. We know they had, yeah. like, they had the intelligence and the reason and the rationality to study astrotheology. We've only been able to read Maya for not that long. I exactly. think it's like 89. Exactly. I, it, and same Dr. thing with the Vikings. Well, the same thing with the Vikings. And then it takes time to translate shit, you know, so, yeah. The Vikings were enemies of the Catholics, and then we only hear these super negative, like, cartoonish versions of their history, and you're like, how can a society progress generationally if they were, like, killing each other with axe battles, like, and shit? Like, they, they, they don't, they don't yeah. talk about the music, they don't talk about the culture, the, the architecture, like, the ability of them to get along. And like you know, because survive. they destroyed it by fighting each other. Well, it's because the Catholics have a very one-sided agenda, where everyone else is a bloodthirsty maniac, and all pagan religions uh, produce human when sacrifices. You know, it's like all pagan sacrifices produce human sacrifices, or all pagan uh, beliefs invariably involve murder, because they don't want you to be a pagan. Are to question their Catholic beliefs, which is ironically built on murder. <laughs> it's ironically yep, built on the murder of Jesus Christ, which you know. But it was for you, Michael. <laughs> exactly. It was for you. Which is, I think, the okay. idea that it's this idea of uh, mortality. Sacrifice. Santa de los Mortes or, or Santa de Morte is about. Well, it, it plays on people's fear of mortality. This idea yes. of a, you know a son. Death. born in human flesh to be sacrificed for you like so you don't die like that inherently plays on people's fear of death and then death then there becomes this life versus death battle and dichotomy that shouldn't be, really be there in the first place and so, yes I admit it death is horrifying death is terrifying existentially Absolutely. death is horrifying even though you know your soul is gonna live forever in some capacity, reincarnation, past lives, uh, you know, say like as a spirit that's one with the Godhead, you can become your own star. Like, it's like you might become a butterfly, yeah. but you still don't want to lose who you are to the great time, wheel of time, to the great book of life. And, you know, it, it's, it's this existential, existential dilemma. But instead of... Um, Always. Instead of celebrating it like the Mexicans do and like the Latin Americans do, I mean specifically, it's a Mexican holiday. It's not racist. It's a Mexican holiday. Yeah, they don't celebrate it no, in very yeah. many other places. Um, I think that they don't celebrate it's, it it's, in like the Portuguese societies or Spain. Yeah, I'm not sure they have it in Spain. When I was doing research on like the Spanish and European roots, mostly I was coming up against La Parca in Spain, which is more like a feminine grim reaper, but even that's from, like, Greek mythology from El Parque, which are, like, the the fates. Yeah, Francisco like Franco wasn't very into, um... Yeah. Into, into, like, native traditional culture. That's why the Basques were all pissed off. Go right. Basque well, separatists. Even, even that, <laughs> Go that imagery really comes from the plague, right? Like, with the grim reaper and the, yep. the bubonic plague imagery stuff like that, and then comes over to the New World. So, uh, it's no, really interesting. Um, it's there's a lot of world. African roots yes. for Dia de los Muertos and, or African ties 
Well, let's get into that. Let's. Uh, what do you know about the voodoo? Yeah. What do you know about the voodooin or the African ties? Man, I definitely know a lot less about that than the other one. Um, but I have researched it a little bit, and it is uh, interesting how a lot of the African traditional religions um, come into the New World and also dovetail with the indigenous traditions that are here. I will say that. I'm a little bit more certainty in saying that. I don't want to say anything that's going to get me uh, in trouble because with those areas, I'm definitely not an expert. And let me just take the brunt of any kind of shock because I will say this. <laughs> you, are, you are speaking to someone who believes that blacks are indigenous to America. You are speaking to someone who believes that the transatlantic slave trade did not happen or if it happened, it happened in the reverse. Where we shipped okay. black people to colonize Africa and not the other way around. Look at Liberia. Look at Monroeville. Okay. Blacks are not indigenous to Africa. No human being is. Blacks are indigenous to the Central American and Brazilian Amazonian jungle regions. Look at the Almecs. Yeah. The Almecs. Everyone no one wants to bring up the yeah. Almecs. They were they were clearly black. In yeah, fact, they most... really like to skirt. That's what I wouldn't I wouldn't say you're wrong. Like I think that's a reasonable theory. Um, what I would wonder is if. Because we have, like, super old evidence for life in, like, the South African cave. I think it's called, like, Blombos or something. Atlantis. Um, like, really, Atlantis. really, really ancient. Everything evidence. I blame but is all Atlantis. It is, Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. It could be, because it is on, like, the coast. Like, Atlantis, it could be a exactly. Yeah, Atlantis. that's a good point. Yeah. They all sailed around, and they were well, anywhere the, touching water was Atlantis. Would, yeah, I guess that would be where the Atlantic meets the Indian Atlantis. Ocean, or maybe. Atlantis. You know, the Africa. King Solomon. King Solomon. Yeah, it's possible. It, well, what the artifact that I always show in my class from Blombo's Cave, and there may be some more, I'm not for sure, but this artifact, it's just like a piece of ochre, which is basically just like this piece of yellowish pigment that you can use as like a chalk, but it's got these inscribed lines on it in like this geometric pattern. Well, so, like historically, they found... That's all they, that's there. They have found Roman ships off the coast of Brazil. They have found that. Yeah. They don't want to talk about the fact that like the Egyptian mummies... And pharaohs and stuff were buried with cocaine, which is only indigenous to Colombia. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. Like you want to talk well, to, you're not talking to someone who's blue pilled and is like, well, uh, they, the blacks no, first I mean, got here when they made them come here. No, <laughs> they were they, they, they. We found them here. Well, no, I'm and just, just I just made meant that in the regard of not being able to remember like <laughs> deity names and like the difference between like Yoruba and others. And even then, you're talking like, to someone who knows that the American slave trade was meant. not the the way they make it out to be. The American slave trade, the first one to I own mean, a slave in America was a black man. Yeah. I'm saying, I like, mean, there's I a am, lot we don't know. People, so it's hard to, to write anything off for sure. People, well, people don't want to talk about how surprisingly equal rights the slave trade was because they were black slave owners who dressed like European women and stuff like that. Like, they had wigs, like powdered wigs. Hmm. Uh, no, there were black Supreme Court justices the years following the Civil War. I say, like, everyone wants to think we were this super racist and impenetrable apartheid. Not true. Not true. Yeah. Even during the slave trades, you had black men who owned slaves who were treated equally amongst white peers. Because they could read and write. And that's the thing. Like, people respect... Real respect's real, right? It was just a society that didn't prevent yep. you from literally owning another human being. 
regardless of who that yeah. human being was, because there were white slaves. The Irish, they're called the Red yeah, Legs. Yeah. And in Jamaica, they're, they're still There's alive. Lot. There's a bunch of Irish people, they moved to Jamaica to grow fucking shit. Like, 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 like do their trade, and they were slaves. And, in fact, the, the first slave trade in America was European debtors, specifically Irish people. Very interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't dispute it. Like, it makes, like, just as much cultural sense in the context of anything else that we're given as a mainstream narrative. Well, like, voodoo is very strange, because voodoo doesn't, they don't want to talk about that. That voodoo exists in, in most of the network of South, uh, of the South, and exists very strongly in all rural communities. because yeah, uh, there's like there's different versions of or different variations of it of what we call the ATR African traditional religions, which we interpret as being we call them diasporic, referring to the African diaspora, which relies on the transatlantic slave trade theory. So I think they're native. That That doesn't really matter. I think they're native. Even if even if they're native, it would still make sense that there would be regional differences. So it doesn't really matter how they got there. The regional differences are still there, but like Pelo Mayombe is another regional difference. I think that one's more Brazilian. So that one's kind of got like a Portuguese kind of flair. So, you know, it's just, we just don't know about kind of like the more quote-unquote indigenous practices of the more European areas because they're so covered up by Christianity and so they're just, I'm sure they exist, but as Americans, it's probably hard for us to do any kind of real research on them because... It's very hard. For that uh, would probably be it's very hard to speak about local. it in, in a real cultural way without it being sensationalized and without it being right. like romanticized as well. Because people think true. it's this unreal, super like I, I, if you've ever watched uh, Rainbow and the Serpent. Like if you're a white person and you try to study voodoo, so. they're gonna get you and make you a zombie. Like no, you can oh, yeah. you can just hang out. <laughs> it's like, like you can just ask well, to like you know watch. There's a lot of <laughs> like, you know Cajun white descended Cajun people who ended up being in blended families with African descended peoples, or if you refer to them that way, I guess now we probably shouldn't. No, you're absolutely right. With the other people theory. don't realize that um, with the one sixty fourth rule. Mean. No, yeah. with the 164th rule, which in the South, uh, anyone with 164th black heritage was considered black. Um, and, and That's that, why you could pass for white. You fucking claim to be white. No, and people are like, well, right. your paperwork doesn't say that. And you you're like, black, no, it doesn't say that. You're right. There are black people now <laughs> who are like, you know, was, uh, we've lost the language. Octoroon, things like that. They have blue eyes. They have blonde hair and black mm-hmm. skin. And they live in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah they're not oppressed yeah. or anything. But I'm saying, like, that's the thing. Like, you have, like, green-eyed black people with, like, curly red hair. And, <coughs> and you're like, what? And you're like, yeah, it's going to blow your dumb cracker mind. The South is like that. Or you very, have white like, heavily women. native. Yeah, you have white women yeah. who are blacker than, like, you know, you would, you, would, you would ever assume because they literally have black relatives, like big mamas and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Jodie Foster, who grows up in a like a, house, a plantation full of black people, and like, like you get the Steve, you get the Steve Martin thing in real life. Like I was born a poor black <laughs> child, and you're like Steve Martin, and you're like, yeah. So what? It's the South. Like that could easily oh ha- it happens all the time. Like you're 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 more. Well, yeah, the- I think people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, the South. It's weird. It's, it's that's, weird. That's kind of why. 
And once people actually start going out and living real life, usually most dogmatic kind of programming drops away because they realize stereotypes, you know, can be true, but they're also not always exclusively true. We're all human. Um, We're all, that's a, people yeah, don't, and that's I, I okay to too, kind of you have know, to like, reiterating it. I, I think grew up in it, the, if the we just approach things with a bit of humor, a lot of times it's okay, but also, you know, have good boundaries for what's not acceptable. Oh yeah, well I grew up in the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up in the 90s and 2000s. Like, we're, we're right past the post-racist era, right? And to see it rear its ugly head again, where it's like, no, there's a division between black culture. That's not true. That is not true. The 20th century in it the South you, was a blending. It makes you wonder how much the, the, the work of deconstruction, like if we're talking about scholarly work of deconstruction that was going on in the 90s, right, didn't precipitate maybe like energetically speaking if we're talking about and i don't really believe in the law of manifestation in that sense but i do think that the things we fixate on can manifest in weird ways well like i said about and the it does make me wonder stuff. if like like in mexico the, the constant yeah well like when you say mexican stuff you think in, in america like the, the image is of a ethnicity of a brown or red-skinned person, of a shorter person, of like a barrel. In Mexico, there are white people in Mexico. There are Germans, blue-eyed, uh, blonde-haired. Lots, lots of very European Yes, and, and so the, yeah. the the slander, like a black thing versus a white thing, a, a us thing versus a them thing, it's extending now yeah. into other cultures, which is not accurate. Like a South African, they if you if I said, "Oh, I met a South African today," it could like you you are going to think a certain thing, but it could be black, white, it could be man or woman, it could be you know like you you're you're jumping the gun, and so when you say voodoo, well, in, it's not a black thing; it's a New Orleans thing. It's a it's a it's a native thing. It's a it's a well, folk it depends thing. on if you're talking like New World Voodoo because it does differ a bit, like from old African. There's not the an African version of it, but it's really only because of the materials available. It's not exclusive though. Like there's an X Files yeah. episode. It, it had to adapt. You. It had to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, what? it had to adapt in the New World a bit, but yeah. that's that's. Standard, well, I'm not, know, I'm not saying that really, you said so. something wrong. I'm just like trying to clarify it because yeah. I remember this X Files episode where they they talked about voodoo and they're in like a Haitian refugee camp, right? And you think that the yeah. voodoo warlock or the voodoo priest bad well, voodoo guy voodoo is definitely more French. Well, that's not true because Santeria is very present in New Orleans too. But like in Haiti, yeah, there's a lot of voodoo. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but Cuba, there's a lot of voodoo. What is the island where there's a lot of Santeria? But it's really but hard it to say. Out like, it those used to be a lot easier. Well, yeah, it, that's true. It, it turned out the You're voodoo right. warlock was There's a, a white guy episodes. in the Marines, and he was the Marine commander who had spent a lot of time in Haiti. Yeah. And who had, anyone who spends a lot of time in Haiti as a leader knows that people fear voodoo. Papa, uh, Papa, um, uh, Papa who was the leader, the dictator? Mm, uh, in Haiti? Yeah, in Haiti. Uh, the guy who... Oh. You, everyone who knows Haiti knows this this dictator. Uh, yeah, Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Yes. Yeah, he I used voodoo as the president of Haiti. Earlier. Yeah, he was the voodoo yeah. priest of Haiti, and he was the fucking president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like people don't. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, people it's don't very realize that. There. It's super yeah. infor- it, It's super real. That's to say, like it's not a it's not a light. It's not a thing that's done on the fringes by 
people with no power and no respect. Well, and some things, some things that people associate with San Pedro Yanvodu are actually present in other, like, mystical practices, too. Like, the, the puppet usage, like the puppets or the dolls. Like, there was another, I can't talk, Exiles episode where that one Appalachian wizard dude... Thief. His daughter got killed by the doctor. You a thief. Goes on like a rampage and uses. Yep, you a yeah. thief. I smell it with T H E S. Microwaves the poppet. So yeah, like there's a lot of like new world types of magic too, like especially Appalachian magic's real spicy. Well, <laughs> Appalachians like, are neat, neat just people in general. Like they are Native Americans yeah. and they're white natives from Scotch Irish. In their own way. Uh, no, well, there's a lot yeah, of controversial like, history with Appalachia because they're like. People people want to say that they're Scotch Irish immigrants, but they are descendants from the Welsh, who originally got here like 400 years before or 200 years before the the uh, the British, yeah, or, or from the Vikings. Who the Vikings are not an ethnicity. A Viking is just a type of uh, uh, practitioner, like a pirate. You know, it's like, say, like when you say pirate, it's not a certain right. ethnicity. A Viking is not a one type of guy. It's <laughs> it's just people who sail job. boats and and, and raid mm-hmm. and explore. Vineland was a real place. They've been trying to cover up Vineland for a long time. And I think voodoo has a lot mm-hmm. to do with that Norse, pagan, Celtic, Gallic, Druidism. And I think that well, that... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If it's it's practiced by a white person, they're a, they're a pagan. But if it's practiced by a black person, they're a voodoo doctor. You know, and yeah. it, it, it's the same thing. Well, ultimately. it's really not. Yeah, I think the thing about the African traditional religions is those deities within those pantheons tend to be very elemental, and those are forces you really don't want to work with unless you like really are kind of grounded in your own energy. I feel like because they will fuck you up. Like, if you don't, like, approach it with reverence and, like, respect, you're probably going to get your world handed back to you on a platter, all sliced up. And I just don't think people realize that, and they get into it because it's trendy, and they're trying to get in touch with their roots, and that's cool and all. I practice uh, sea magic. People open themselves up to a lot of different things. I like sea magic and weather magic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for all the hurricanes. I don't. Oh yeah, no worries. Sorry. That that is something rain, we that need I'm, rain in West Texas. I'm unrepentant of and absolutely take a lot of glee in. Um, but we are, you know, each to their own, right? <laughs> each to their own. Sorry about all the hurricanes. Sometimes we uh, <laughs> sometimes we just have to do what we can do, you know. Well, at at the same point, you know what? <laughs> you should have your own magic yeah. and defend yourself from <laughs> the hurricanes that I create. <laughs> We have to, yeah, we definitely <laughs> got to figure out what our... What's what I was thinking about Dio it's, it's the idea, I know yeah. that, was, that was a joke, but that was a Dio Mortis thing. Where even if you were someone like a cartel narco boss and stuff, that there's this masculine energy, which is respected in, because we talked about the feminine inversions, but in these narco saints. Well, and Catholics do respect the feminine, but it's still in a very patriarchal way. Well, I was going to say know, the like narco the saints. Virgin Mary and stuff, you know. Like, to talk yeah. more about the narco saints, to talk more about, like, the, 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 uh, Jesus Malvarde. It's this, like, declaration of machismo. Yeah. 
and, Absolutely. And, and yes, and, there's like and toxic masculinity and everything. But there's yeah. machismo, which is like positive masculinity. There's like a, like a reinforcing strength of human existence in these narco yeah. saints. Well, it's a simpatico of like suffering, you know? I don't know how to put it, you know? Like, like because he was one of them, and Pablo, you know, to use Pablo Escobar again as an example, but I think he'll say Susan Alverde was also like an outlaw bandit type figure um, before he was kind of made a folk saint. Exactly. Um, and that's the thing, you know, these people are relying on the government, or they have in the past, and maybe have grown despondent in that regard and that's why these people have been able to come in and give them help and of course who are you going to be more fond of well you know who actually helps you or well you know (laughs) he was a real man he he was a real man yeah and he's been beautiful he was definitely and normally folk normally folk saints are norm like real people in santa marte's case obviously she's not (laughs) (laughs) to clarify but yeah Unless you believe Most in it, then, then she is people. very much a real person. I mean, she is very, I mean, saint, uh, death, the, the presence of death is omni, omni, you know, it's omni, I can't even talk. Well, omni- there's death gods, oh. and people don't realize that. That's absolutely a thing. Death well, yeah, gods? there's, there's Shiva. death gods, there's archetypes for death in every culture. Yeah, there's yeah. Shiva, um, there's in Kali. In Aztec, there was the Mixan, Tecutli, and Mixan Lurado, you know, so, and they rolled yes. over Mixan, which was hell, the underworld, yeah, as ca- the yeah, Egyptian ca- afterlife. Kamazots, how does that relate to the Aztecs, by the way? You are an Aztec scholar, you know a lot about the folklore and the religions. Mixan? Um, could you explain a little bit more about that aspect, the Aztec legacy? Well, it's pretty similar to how the Mayas conceived of it, as far as my understanding is. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's an Aztec-specific text that talks about their version, conception of the afterlife, or if we just all back to... Um, yeah, that's the Maya. That's what the Maya call it. But I think. isn't it also um, the Aztec? Because I remember I just did a it's, video it's the about same the Aztec. Thing. They just have different words for it because they they speak different Shilob. languages. So it's really yeah. I mean, Shilob. Yeah. No, they call it Shilob. That's mm-hmm. I remember it now. They call it Shilob, and it's the yeah. same name that the Hebrews have for their afterlife, which is weird. Yeah, they have a few different ways to refer to it. So like, and there's different realms. The too. land of the so shadow. Like, Mishlan is the yep. specific. Yeah, the, the specific realm that, that those two deities that I named who are like Lord and Lady of Miklan rule, but it's like one area. So that they have a kind of a conception almost like kind of like Dante's Inferno where there are different levels. But I mean, that's pretty omnipresent. Well, in, in, the, in the Aztec myth, the, the two twins go down, right? The two twins yeah. descend into the afterlife and um, the, the death figures, the death gods are trickster figures. Mm-hmm correct like what what yeah, do you think the, the nature of their death gods is and and i guess it kind of like without getting too large what do you think the the nature of death itself is always personified as is there, are there similarities between the cultures you've studied and art as they're represented they're always kings and queens like hades and and uh persephone yeah i think it i think it just comes down to like the the simplification that the human mind has to make to the unknown, right? For for trying to explain the unknown. So, like, if, if you think about it, at the most base level, it, it would it just makes sense of how a, a novice human brain might try to explain what's going on. And that's also not to say that these places don't literally exist with these beings or these energy signatures. I think that's possible as well. There is a house um, of scissors, and it will cut you up. 
Yeah, yeah. Thing I remember from the accident. But I think it was like a house of scissors, and you're like, that sounds fucking terrifying. Like a big room full of yeah, scissors, and you're like, damn. I, like, when I you think, think about it, you're like, that's absurd. And then you're like, that's scary as shit. <laughs> that's scary as shit. Yeah, I think culturally, there's there's like usually some sort of afterlife trials or some sort of like testing grounds where you go to, exactly. you know, either atone or work your way through atoning. If you choose to, you know, My do that. I, I don't, it, in those contexts, it's like, we don't see that there's like a different option. Like we always just assume that that's what they thought the only options were. Well, there's that, you know? there's that but part. But I think as we expand our minds, well, we realize that, that maybe the, the we myth. just, that's self-limiting. There's that part in the myth yeah. of the creation of the fifth age where they're like, go get the bones of um, a god, basically, right? Or a whale. And then the, yep. the the devil, like, basically the god of death is like, yeah, go knock the bones out of his hands. I don't want him to get those bones. <laughs> Even though we told him to get the bones? Like, there's this obvious thing where it's, it's, it's always attempting to fuck with you and to, like, screw you up and to, like, stop you. No matter your, your, your relationship with it. Which I think is, yep. like, this... Well, I, I think it's kind of inherently like the Greek heroes, right? Like, Her- Heracles is getting told to do all this shit yeah. to gain what he wanted. And it's really just a way for the gods to fuck with you. Like, the narcissist, the more narcissistic gods who want to toy with you, you know, with giving you what you want, and then you really only end up getting half what you want anyway. Who Who is the musician? Or not. Um, uh, Euripides and... Um, Orpheus. Orpheus, yes. That's like, it's, it's the Orpheus myth, yeah. right? Where you're like, you make this journey and you confront death and the gods of death and then you're allowed to leave with an, the item that you're seeking, this treasured thing. And then their entire thing is, well, we're going to make it impossible for you, for, to, for you to leave with this because it's impossible yeah. to negotiate or deal with death. And I know I sound super... Yeah, you can't avoid it. Yeah, I sound super, like, um... Um... Like, I mean, the opposite of what I really intend to say about how nihilistic and how... It's like, oh, you have to, <laughs> you have to confront powers beyond human well, what hap- possibility. Like, humans yeah, have Yeah, well, limits. what happened with Orpheus was he was told, you know, he could leave with his, his lady friend, right? You're ready he could leave with her, but he couldn't look back. His lady friend, special lady friend, dude, special lady yeah, friend. Yeah, he couldn't look. He couldn't look back at her, right? He yeah. could lead her out, but he couldn't look back at her. How and if impossible. he did, then she had to stay. But how impossible? Like, it, and it, he it, did. Absurd. He couldn't make it out without looking back at her because he and went to hell then, to get yeah, her. Yeah, he had to go, and she had to stay. Yeah, he went to hell itself to get this woman, and he couldn't even look at her. How cr- expertly until cruel. he got out of hell. Yeah, exactly. How expertly Until he got cool out of hell. that, like, yeah. the, like all the gods of death are represented this way. I think, especially. Well, and I don't, you know, I also think it's kind of scapegoating in a way, you know, because it, I see this happening in <laughs> when I kind of go back into the Akashic record of my own soul records and and kind of have the Garden of Eden, Jophiel memories, where at some point I feel like I'm in like a staff meeting with quote unquote God, and he's like pitching the idea of hell to us or like remodeling the afterlife, you know, whatever the afterlife is, all the trials and tribulations as an eternal torture realm instead. And we're all just like looking around at each other like, what? 
You know, and then like, this is when, you know, whatever people refer to as the fall kind of happens. Like, in my conception of shit, I'm just like, this is what it was. I don't know what made this happen, but this is when shit went weird, and we were like, okay, we got to run the simulation and figure this out. What the fuck is going on here, you know? Like, because that's really, in no way, just having to atone for what you've done or what your soul is responsible for, should that, what, it shouldn't be scary unless you're guilty. You know what I mean? You're, you're like, absolutely I don't... right. No, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, we're you're bringing us <laughs> the idea that no, it, it's for a purpose. It's for a good purpose, uh, universally. Yeah. It's to purge. This was supposed to... to have an original purpose, and yeah. it's been bastardized into like this weird individual uh, kind of egotist slave no, master thing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're someone who um, actually deserves the the lesson. Under the guise of spiritualism or or religion. Yeah. yeah. Someone who deserves to change. Someone who actually is. Like, you know, not like for the better, but someone who's actually deserving of punishment will lament the fact that this punishment exists because it is a um, it's an ego death more than a physical death. Well, and if you care about the soul, if your like ego is aligned, feeling itself, yeah, if then why you right. wouldn't you wouldn't fracture it further to accomplish that? If your soul is right, if your like, ego is aligned, the, some of the trials, yeah, you won't. You don't fear death. You don't fear physical death. Like I think a lot of that Aztecs yeah. human sacrifice thing is because the fact that they understood this, like all cultures do, in in a deep down way. That if you are, oh, if you're at peace ethically with yourself, right? If you know you are not guilty, you are not afraid to die. Because death holds no pain for you. You are going to be rewarded in the afterlife that you are absolutely secure in your faith of. Like the Christian martyrs. Yeah. Like Buddhist martyrs. Or maybe not like, even rewarded, but you just get to move on. Like, like a, is that yeah. in itself not a reward? The Buddhist who let himself in fi- on fire. Wants something. Like Buddhists light themselves on fire all the time. <laughs> that, that's a thing they right. do. Because that that's a proof of their absolute resolution in their faith. Like the Aztecs could sacrifice human beings and be sacrificed because they had an absolute confidence in the Well, we have a lot of misunderstanding around who those people were, too, the sacrificial offering. You know, we just don't know. We don't know where they were volunteers. We don't know if they, you know, and that could be volunteering under duress. We just, you know... I'm not defending it. I'm just saying there's a lot we don't understand, and so it's better to just not make judgments. If they had been captured... You can make observations. Well, a lot of that, too, that the people say that they were captured in battle and that the the Aztecs might have been an outlier, but the Aztecs were not the only ones to exist in Mexico, nor... Like, yes, I'll I'll give it that, that the Aztecs might have been this bloodthirsty, psychopathic tribe that lived in a city on a lake. Um, But they were not... Well, we also have to keep in mind that we may just have more of their records, too. So what we're viewing as, quote-unquote, bloodthirsty may just be an abundance of records that we have of their activity, whereas we don't have records of other groups' activities in the same way. Yeah, but they were not Not that empire. they were as powerful, because they probably weren't. Yeah, yeah. They, they were not this empire that people think they were. Like, they stretched from coast to coast. They didn't well, even stretch from one smaller, coast to the other. They, they, they barely existed lot, in the central highlands. Group. 
it's a, it's a unified kind of coalition of a lot of smaller indigenous groups that we refer to as the yes. Aztecs. So we think of it as this big giant kingdom when really it's a lot of like tiny the Greeks. Groups. Like the Greeks. We like to assume yeah, that the ancient exactly. Greeks were all like, hey, Greek buddy, we're Greeks. Don't you want to speak Greek? And no, like, they hated they each hate other. They hated each other. They fucking hated each other. Athens and Sparta fought yeah. all the time. And they fucking yeah, killed each other. Like, you would kill another Greek on sight sometimes. <laughs> uh, for all yeah. their democracy and philosophy and culture, they could barely fucking, like, get, like in their own city-states, agree on shit. Like, Athens would just be at this, like, yeah, huge that's really bitch their, fest. Yeah, their downfall is their own, their inability to work in any kind of... And they performed human <laughs> sacrifice. Way. And they loved human yeah. sacrifice. Let's I mean, not get that cross. Well, the fact that we just, just talked it's about... It's just so funny. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> human sacrifice is human sacrifice. Yeah. Just because it's not on a chalk mule with an obsidian knife doesn't mean that going to war constantly isn't also that. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Like, you I, know. And that's still yeah. taught to Americans. Like, in, in some ways, the only thing that's taught about the Greeks is, like, if you read the Iliad and the Odyssey, like, the king slit his daughter's throat mm-hmm. to secure a safe voyage. And you're like, what the fuck? I'd rather have a thousand slaves have their hearts cut out. Like, at least that ethically makes sense as an Aztec. Like, we're not killing my own daughter. That fucking makes no sense. Like, I'm the Aztec king. Well, yeah. I'm going to kill my enemy for my rain god. For but my it also... crazy chaos god. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like crazy yeah, it just kind of depends on how did. they view the value of that blood, right? Like Yeah. Like, no, I'm saying, like, it, it, it's weird that we think Aztecs, like, if, if we think that Aztecs were the cruelest and, like, darkest people. Versus the Catholics. Yeah, versus, like, the Europeans. That's usually right, the dichotomy the who that's informing the other side. Who were doing the same things. And the Catholics perform yeah. human sacrifice, too. They don't want to call it that, but what do you think the witch trials were? What do you think the werewolf well, trials were? dead babies in the residential schools. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think all the wars were? Like, where people are like, I mean, we yeah, could go on. We could keep listening forever, probably. <laughs> exactly. You can say what you want about uh, a Christian, yeah. <laughs> uh, a Christian morality on the the sanctity of the human experience, but at the same time, uh, you have to understand that it, just because you are ignorant to the evil you are doing does not mean you are any less evil. And, and even then, that's what they, it starts becoming like, well, there has to be an admission that well, it's not good or evil, it's just life and death. And that anyone can kill, and anyone can die. And that the nature of that life and death, that, that power balance, becomes the what we know as the matrix, or what we know as authority or society. Who has life, well, who has power over that- life and death? Who has power... How over. we determine our own sovereignty too is by kind of well, knowing we have those impulses, not being deluded about like the fact that oh we uh, we would never do that. Exactly. Let's most of us <laughs> we're put in a situation and we have to do something to survive. We're gonna fucking do it. Well, if like, it's a, a lot of people it was, haven't had to be put in that position in their lives, and that's awesome, and that's they're lucky. If but it's a court of law, that, if it's a court of law uh, yeah. executing someone for a crime. You know, and doing it with paperwork 
and jurors and officiation and uh, appeal systems and stuff in place and millions of dollars of taxpayer money spent to review the, ju- uh, the judicial legitimacy of this execution versus a high priest of Quetzalcoatl pulling out a man still beating heart. You know, for it to be a good rain I mean, season. Same I'm fucking difference. Sure that ta- you know, Same difference. I just had someone the other day talking to me about visiting the uh, basement of the Tower of London where they would do all the torturing of people. Good one, yeah. And so, I mean, that's pretty fucking brutal. Like, all of those torture machines, they're, he was telling me about some pretty heinous ones that are not like your typical ones. And Judas yeah, Pair. I mean, that's pretty much the equivalent of what we're talking about. And those were Christians. My favorite Catholic uh, Inquisition method of torture is called the Judas pear, and it's a metal yep. pear with spikes inside that they put in your butthole, and then they open up, <laughs> and it cuts you on the inside, and it blows up your intestines, and you're like, oh my god, exactly, <laughs> exactly, you're like, that's terrible, you can say you believe in God all you want, there was no God in this. <laughs> <laughs> you no. can say there was. You can believe in God That's all you want as a Catholic. Evil. There yeah. is no God in the Catholic pure Church. Evil. The Catholic Church is pure fucking yeah. evil. Exactly. You people don't. People have. A, and it's unfortunate. Well, people there are good assume. People that participated in it, thinking it's something that it's not. And it's really exactly. People will assume so that. much compared to just ex- yeah. addressing reality. People will assume mm-hmm. the heavens and the earths, right? That cooperate yeah. to fulfill a destiny, and you're like, it was done because they killed their competition, and they tortured. Yeah, exactly. They acted like secret police, and they would just Manifest steal destiny. people's lands and shit if they didn't like you. Yeah, it was done through the Bye-bye. worst of human nature, and that's and you can say all yeah. religions and all societies are are because of that, and I think that's another yeah. aspect to talk about in the Dio de los Muertes thing. Death is an escape. Death is a positive thing to those who are unempowered in systems of abuse. I know yep. that's the most that's macabre way to look at it, but sometimes if you're a peasant in a feudal society, death is the best thing I think that people need to have happen. that reality checked for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's why the Catholics don't really like Dio de los Mortes. Is because people rather well, die than be in their system. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people would rather die than give up their sovereignty. As, exactly. As individual. No, I'm, and I'm, that should be their right. Exactly. Within their free will choice. That, that people I, don't look at death as a positive thing. That death for something yeah. is a great middle finger to mankind and its abuses and its evils because we kind of started out this conversation in that that weird tone where it was Mm -hmm. like yes you have to accept the fact that you can celebrate life as well as address its evils well death is a way to address its evils (laughs) and celebrate the fact that bad people die as well as good people that that no one escapes a final judgment that no one gets out regardless of how much evil they do. And you do. could interpret that, yeah, really nefariously and just do whatever the fuck you wanted until you die. But you can also interpret it benevolently and try to do your best until that time comes. So it just comes down to, once again, free will of whoever's making the decision. But, you know, I do think that eventually we do have to pay the karmic price for whatever it is we choose. Yes. 
I believe that karma is a... Because <laughs> karma is not allowed in the Catholic universe. The Catholic universe does not acquire the karmic well, because debt. because they want to be the mediator of your... They want to forgive people. To, yeah. How how weird yeah. ego, and they want they to be want able to, to forgive sins and absolve sins and be like because I said you're forgiven, you are forgiven. That's yeah, not Martin true. Luther. You are going to you are going to have to pay the price for the things that you did yeah. in this lifetime. I was just lifetime. talking about the Protestant revolution the other day. <laughs> That's what, well. I mean, yeah. Jesus even said that you will have to. Follow the perfect and narrow path, or go through the like the smoke rises in the presence of the lamb. It's a purging, yeah. or it's a purification process that happens in the proximity of holiness. So everyone yeah. has to, in their own way, suffer because it's like you know well, you exactly. are you're having and that I think part. People try to- you're having that part exercised, like literally the I, the word exercise is from exorcism. Mm-hmm. It's the if you want right. to prove something, it's gonna like it hurts to grow. There are growing pains, and the existential reality of that suffering becomes all that anyone wants to focus on instead of the after, the end goal, the purification, the the enlightenment, the ascendancy, the returning to God. Because of the ego. Well, because it doesn't feel like a purification usually, right? It feels like you're fucking dying. You're fucking dying. <laughs> exactly. You are going to usually, fucking die. When you're in that mindset, <laughs> it, it make, you know, it's understandable that you're just like, what? No, you're After right. After a few of those, that all the you're evil finally you like, did, okay, I, I know what's going on here. Yeah, all that all that, that you weight. never really fully have a handle on it, but it becomes a little easier to... to well, it, it's like, it, to, <laughs> to kind of use a European mindset of it. Like all the all the chains that you've gathered in life, right? All the sins, all the lies, all the crimes, all the evil you've done, like Scrooge, you know, when you walk around with all the chains like Bob Marley, you know, and you're like, Oh hey, come on. Like you know, gathering all that sin, all your weight. It will be yep. taken off of you, but you do have to feel it. You do have to experience it. And you have to bite that bullet. You're the one who caused it for yeah. yourself. And it's just well, and that that's type how of... I view the trials and tribulations of the afterlife in its most base components, you know, in terms of how it functions in the universe and then the multiversal processes of whatever. Yes, um, which is like kind of like Dio de Mortis. how it's been interpreted as eternal punishment zone. Yeah. Yes, Dio de Mortis is... And is, even is, though some of those seem intense, it's like they're no more intense than what you need. You yes. know what I mean? For your soul, for you to fucking realize that in that for that lesson. Yes. <laughs> so. And, and, like, when you when you bring it all back to Diodos Mortis and you see, like, the people celebrating and you see the people happy and you see the people, like, gathering and walking the precisions, uh, you know, to the cemetery or, or, or you know, it's, it's to reinforce the positives in life, to reinforce communities, to reinforce kindness and charity and, like, compassion and, you know... Mercy and things like that to kind of put a reflective spin on your year because it's to mitigate sins, it's to lessen them, it's to well, lower it's them. Kind of like a marker, you know. You, I mean, it's like, yeah, you, you pull out the skull every year to be like, he better not fuck around or this is going to happen to you, you know, <laughs> like. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, like, that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, mental like, mori doesn't have to be super morbid, it's more just to, like, keep perspective kind of thing like 
There is I don't know. I think people get way off on this whole like death worship thing, and it's not really about. I mean, I'm sure some people do take it too far. Don't get me wrong. Well, we just talked but about the, the Santos like, de la Mortes, or not? The, I mean, wait, the, the, yeah. the Santos de Mortes, which is wor death worship. That is taking it, I think, a little too far. Personally, I would never, never worship death. Like, I would never worship Shiva. Yeah. I would never worship... Kali. There are people who worship Shiva. There are millions of people who worship Shiva around the world. And it's it's just like because... Like I said, it's definitely... As a force as a force itself, like, the elementals are spicy to work with. As an entity in and of itself, yeah, death is one that... It's, it's kind of like doing death doula work. Or, you know, anything like that. It's not for the faint of heart. And it's not something... Just like you know, killing someone. It will fuck you up if you jump into it. Just like killing someone. Yeah, exactly. You Literally. Can't, you can't really. Most people do it, cannot yeah. kill people. Most people are not murderers. There are millions of people who are. There are millions of people who have yeah. killed other human beings and will continue to kill human beings as far as human beings exist. It's not recommended mm -hmm. on a spiritual level. It's definitely yeah. not recommended. Lifetime level, you might get away with it, but still, you will suffer some guilt. You will suffer a conscience. <laughs> Even yeah, if you are the most cold-blooded, professional hitman. Well, it'll manifest in your life, and, yeah. and you will have to feel the pain. Exactly. Somehow. Somehow, happen karma But I think beyond. if you're relating to death in the sense of, like, regeneration, and, like, this idea of, like, shedding your skin to be, you know, transformed anew, and it doesn't get to, like, a health, like, an healthy level of, like, toxic, oh my god, death, you know, yeah. I think it can be okay, but there's definitely a fine line between um, revering the transformative properties of, of darkness and things like that and going a little too, uh, too full bore with it. Well, for this last like conclusion no element of it, yeah, we're, we're going to be drawing up to the end of it. It's been a great two hours of talking with you. Absolutely appreciate every single second of it. Uh, I know your time is precious yeah, no and everything, so just for a conclusion element of it, um, how do you feel about Dio de los Mortes and its connection with, like, a greater human, um, like, I guess you call it, return to an aboriginal movement, or maybe a promise of such? Um, like, when you, when you just said the thing you just said now about the returning to, um, a source, almost... I, I got the mental image of, like, the Hindus when they processed their corpses on the River Ganges. And they've yeah. been doing that traditionally for thousands of years with the pyres, with the releasing the bodies into the river. And they have entire castes that deal with it. Um, not specifically for one holiday, but for, you know, like, every day, that's, that's the reality of it. Um, right. Where do you see this kind of going in the future um, when it comes to, like, its distribution and things like that? Maybe maybe a type of, like, uh, like a, a, a future forecast for it. Future forecast, but, I mean, I'm sure it'll continue to grow in popularity. What I hope happens is that, like we kind of discussed, that people can find a healthy way to relate to it as an outlet for remembering loved ones that they miss and maybe don't get a chance to mourn on any other day or they don't feel like they do maybe. And <clears throat> maybe it'll give them permission to feel like they can do that more often, even, I don't know, going from there. But I do think it's interesting because I think it's a very tangible way for everybody to relate to um, what anthropologically we call ancestor veneration or um, 
I guess it's not really animism because that would be energy animating everything. But, you know, we tend to pin that against, like, monotheistic religion, and it's not really at odds with it, you know? Like, you can practice recognizing, like, one supreme god, whatever, but still pay homage to those that came before you that you care about. It's not, I don't really think it's... That's an interesting opinion. Yeah, I don't to think, have. I don't think Americans have a yeah. religion to replace, to be honest. I don't think Americans have a religion, or the Western societies have a religion even to replace. I think they've abandoned Christianity. I think they've abandoned most traditional folk religions as well and practices, and thus they're like yeah. a clean slate. As well as you consider the fact of like Mexican migration, Hispanic world migration. And I think that yeah. the, 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 the future is actually a pretty fertile field. For a type of, um, like maybe not a a global recognition of Dio de los Mortes, but definitely, um, maybe even a change in society for a more appreciative, um, right. Um, I guess like momento more appreciative society. I know it sounds kind of like, um, hard to believe, but I think Americans are they need substance and with the goth culture yeah, with the I'd with agree. everything kind of proving to be empty even though they have this this need to satisfy the macabre it will start finding significance specifically in the um the the same copy and pasting of of uh, Deo de los Mortes but as it spreads as it it simulates as we assimilate more latin american culture Latin American culture will be more represented in mainstream America. Yeah. And, and um, I do think that's good because it's yeah. just they are here. You know, it's good for us to know them. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it becomes like they they are. Uh, it's it's not a them versus us versus it's it's they are us. No, that is us. That is our. Exactly. I said we don't have a society. Yeah. I think to replace. I really, know just knowing think, another aspect of us. Yeah. Yeah, they want to think wasps. I know people. I know. I think you're referring to like a wasp society, like a Protestant, conservative, yeah. iconoclast society that doesn't exist. Non Hispanic. That doesn't exist in the West yeah, Coast. It that doesn't. doesn't exist in liberal cities. That doesn't exist in big cities. Not anymore. Yeah, like yep. w- when you look at Houston and their Deo de los Mortes, I think that's like a bigger holiday than they celebrate Thanksgiving. I think that's a bigger holiday than Probably. they celebrate traditionally American holidays, like like Easter and things. Like you know, like that. It's it's a more popular. It's more. Uh, it's less political and it's more accepted. Like uh, the the phenomenon of the Aztec. Pantheon being taught in California schools. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting development. And Pretty I know cool. yeah. it, it was it was treated as a negative thing, like, oh, they're teaching us these these Aztec fake gods in our Christian communities and things, but I think that's a sign of things to come. I think that it's not impossible yeah. to imagine that a Aztec revivalism begins in America, you know, because because we really don't have another uh, another uh, viable option, and with the diffusion of well, Latin Americans, kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Is like I think people coming from even if they are not practicing like monotheists themselves, but it's just kind of the nature of the culture of America at large, you know, just. It's just kind of ingrained. I don't think it has to be seen as like an at-odd situation. And I think 
people coming from those backgrounds might see it that way. But hopefully, we'll get to the point where they won't see it at odds. And, and like what you're saying, we can move towards people just being able to coexist and not being like a, it has to be one way or another kind of thing, because it can be both. It doesn't have to be. No, exa- exactly. And I, I think that the, yeah. the the weirdest thing I've seen about this, and, and I think that specifically it was um, uh, Sansa Morte. But, you know, ultimately about Latin American and this 21st century Hispanic Mexican religious uh, culture that's spreading out and becoming super mm-hmm. recognizable. There was an anime uh, YouTube video project about mechs that I remember watching. And it was very seriously done, very hard military sci-fi about exoskeleton suits in the, the world of private military companies. One of the episodes... Yeah. was about a coyote, a human smuggler that used one of these mechs to fight Border Patrol in Texas. <laughs> and wow. he, it's called Santa Morte. And it's about that. this man yeah. having a nihilistic mission to accomplish regardless if he dies doing it. And it's very That's much awesome. like if that was made by Japanese people across the Pacific Ocean as a snapshot of the United States Mexican like realism like that that's you know what I'm saying like it's a very weird thing to see in the 21st century but it's a sign of things yeah. to come like I I, I, yeah, I really do I, think I'm that I'm optimistic keeping an eye out on it well, everything know. and anything though well I think it's I think it's odd it's <laughs> optimism always. yeah but I do think it'll become like a actual recognized religion or recognized faith. This death, death instead of like an occult practice, instead of like a a a witchcraft level practice, it won't be like oh you're yeah. like an oddball for liking this or you're an outsider for liking this. You would be part I of. Guess a, I kind of. A silent yeah, majority. I kind of visualize it manifesting as those ba- those labels and boundaries just kind of dissolving, or the need for them kind of dissolving, so it wouldn't really matter. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see which way it goes. We will. Either see. way, as long as more people can do what they want to do without being yeah treated badly. Land of the free, right? <laughs> well, land of the free. I think I think more power to them. I think that if it itself becomes popular and it becomes a socially powerful that for example um, people who identify Chicanos, Mexicans, Hispanics if they start creating a folk religion that is more traditional to their Aztec or Mayan roots it might be a way of preserving a, a faith and a folk culture that should never have been endangered with extinction to begin with yeah, I think where there are a lot of like Aztec dance groups and things like that that are reviving the culture here and there more and more. Exactly. Oh, I've seen those definitely, Aztec dance definitely groups. Definitely exploding. Oh, that's what I'm yeah. hoping for. I, I think that I'm not it's, saying it's that I want to see it in gangs. I'm not saying like I want to see people who are yeah. like, <laughs> oh, I want to see like public schools, like high schools have like Aztec dance clubs. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Because they have folklorico Or guitar. whatever kind of dance club. Well, they have Folklorico guitar. They have the Folklorico dancing in Corpus Christi, which is like this Tejano Catholic missionary thing. 
And if you think that that's cool, you're like, it's still celebrating like a a, a thievery of, of of indigenous people. I would like more traditionally to see someone dressed like Quetzalcoatl or like you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Aztec dances are really cool. Exactly, and and do the oh, do the let the, the the traditional the most traditional Mayan and Aztec rich uh, dances and celebrations and observing the holidays, just like I would like to see the Native Americans of America, the Aboriginals of America. Well, and I think people are interested, culture. you know, to see it. That's why the interest, you know, that's why pop culture has started picking it up too, you know, and those parades like the Douglas Mercer's parade, for instance, like often have exploded in size over the last, even just five years. Mm-hmm. But it's been around for like, I think over 10 years or something, maybe all around 10 years. Um, but yeah, people come out in droves. That's like one of the best attended events in Austin, usually. Exactly. Um, hey, no, you, not you like know what I'm saying. ACL and South by, but you know. You know, you know. you know what I'm saying? It's not like a Christian holiday gets that much attendance. It's not like it's more yeah. recognizable in the south and in the border. Um, many people who are listening to this who are not part of the Southwest or part of the Mexican United States border won't understand this. But our communities, when there's Day of the Dead, tens of thousands of people will dress in full costume, will perform ceremonies, will trade the the the, the uh, you know pleasantries, will go out and socialize. Like in my city, there is no other event that can get that many people together to celebrate anything. Well, and I think people do come because it is around Halloween, and it's a way to ho- celebrate Halloween. I guess a unique way, even though it's not Mexican Halloween, you know. <laughs> but it is a fun thing to do around Halloween that people can dress up for, and it's, you know, I think that's why the attendance is so good a lot of the time as well. Just to add to what you're saying. <laughs> Which I actually, you know, just to say that for the last like minute, um, you know, before we say our conclusions and, and everything, like the the fact that people get outraged and really annoyed and offended and triggered when you say like, oh, it's Mexican Halloween, it kind of is, and like it as a, In Mexican, a lot of ways, yeah, it, 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 like I've never taken offense to it, like yeah, it's like Sam Hain, it's like your weird traditional death day. It's it's whatever day of death and like ancestor worship, and I think that's really more of like a slant on Halloween. Like people people have forgotten the roots of Halloween so much that Halloween has become like a negative thing, like a slur. Like well, oh, you practice Halloween. It is an indig- it's like a, a holiday around that time of year that celebrates that theme, then yeah, they are kind of similar. Same so, thing with Christmas. Yeah, you know, Same thing with Christmas. Like, Christmas sucks, but it's Saturnalia. Like, if it was called Saturnalia, people would respect it a lot more, because it would be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Halloween, it was never called Halloween. It's called Sam Hain. alright? It's the fall equinox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's this, it's mm-hmm. when the dead are like like fall like the year like the atmosphere it doesn't it's in a state of transition and so everything's possible it could be hot it could be cold it could be you know you know anything like it's it's the idea of like a, a mm-hmm. elemental uh, instability slash like opportunity yeah it's a liminal period yeah so it's any a, kind of a like... liminal period exactly a metaphysical mm-hmm. uh, ritualistic uh, breeding ground for possibilities and magic. Like spring is. Yep. It's like spring is also equally a day of <laughs> a thinning of the veil and a liminal moment. It's 
So is winter, and so is Definitely. summer. All the seasons are. And it doesn't like just, different energetic vibes. Definitely. Exactly. It's just whatever your energetic vibe is that you are going to mm-hmm. pay homage to ancestors, and you are going to try to um, meditate on mortality and like, I mean, what it means to be alive. Exactly, because what it means to be alive cannot be understood simply by living. If you are living in the moment, you're not really living. If you're living um, without reflection, without meditation, without caution, without perspective, you're not really human. You know, that's what makes humans so special is because we know we're not around forever. We know we we are going to either be remembered or forgotten. It's going to be because of the things we do. We know that things we do have a consequence yeah. that we're not going to be immediately aware of, but it's going to ripple down the timelines. We, we are aware of timelines. We're aware of uh, yeah. fates, and we're aware of destinies from the day we're born, almost. Have a perspective of history. Exactly. Like, I think that's one of the weirdest things to do is, is to speak about, like, childhood acceptance of death. Like, every child yeah. knows about death. That's that's one of the things that people will always, like, oh, yeah, no, a child I, yeah. learns about death. It breaks their innocence. It scars them. Every child, because like, they're all human souls, it's like, it will prove that they have a recognition and understanding of it and acceptance of it. That's why children participate in Halloween. That's why children participate in Dio de los Muertos. It's why they are eager to yeah, do so. Kids usually understand it earlier, a lot earlier than people think. It's just it yes. doesn't impact them as like emotionally escalate at an escalated level until it's like grandma or great grandma or you know someone that they knew. But yeah, kids see dead shit in the road all the time. They step on bugs. You know, they know what death is. <laughs> exactly. We should be. It's not real to them until. Well, when the kids, kids so, when it's accepted for kids to learn about it, when it's accepted for kids to explore it and to express themselves, I think it's going to be a better world for everyone involved, and a better tomorrow, yeah, a better much future, healthier. much healthier. Exactly. I think the kids are going to be the future. The children are our future. Everyone knows this. <laughs> Rick James said it best. They always are. Children are our future, and so that when they. When they get when they get hipper, when they become more worldly, when they become more um, interested and, and attentive to, you know, the the traditions of the culture that is still around. It's just a ghost, but it's like, like you said, getting more popular. Uh, Latin American kids. Well, I think it instills respect for people that contribute to your journey in general. Yes. As well, you know, like this, it's just kind of a value. I think it kind of instills, hopefully. Ideally. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. That that growing up with that sense of self-awareness, with that perspective, it, it only leads to positive change in the culture and a positive change in communities, a positive change in societies. Ultimately, it won't be us. Exactly. We're, we're, our, our, our influence is slight. It won't be our generation. We can only observe it. We were the ones that learned about it. We were the ones who were like, ooh, what's this fantastic suppressed society what? yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly you know you know what i'm saying they don't they only started uh translating the mayan codexes and stuff in the 90s and i was like, like our generation yeah, really exactly. was the first ones to be like what is this yeah, society that we lost yeah. yeah our our children mm-hmm. our children's children will be the ones to decide if it's for them or not 
but I think they will, and it'll be surprising if you could say travel in the future for in a hundred years, how how Latinized and how yeah, how how yeah, it will look like like uh how Mexico is currently. I don't know if you've ever been to Mexico. Um, I have, but it's like right on the other side of the border. I haven't been too deep into Mexico. Yeah, it, I think America like will Mexico operate a lot like a Waka, or a lot like uh, you know Michoacan, hmm. or a lot like uh, the Yucatan. Yeah, like Acapulco, like real Mexico, not like this dystopian nightmare of Mexico, but like it'll be a very laid back and oddly yeah, a functional place. Yeah, yeah, an oddly peaceful and culturally rich. You know. um... I don't want to say Mexico is a utopia, but it's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> I, I, if I could pick a place, I'd probably pick there. I would like to live in a ranch in Iwaka in the mountains and just grow mushrooms and yeah. exactly and just and just drink hot chocolate all day and, and not have anyone bother have me. Have goats or something and some dogs. Yeah. Uh, be on the beach fishing. Exactly. I was saying, like, people don't realize how laid back Mexico really is. It's super nice. Yeah. I, know, I know it gets a lot of chaos and a lot of bad reputation, but it's fucking nice. It's not Soldado every day. Or Sicario every day. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's they, not, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. And if you just found, you know, you just got to find a spot that's not crazy. And there's a lot of ambition. I don't think it's that difficult. People just exactly. get a lot of bad PR. <laughs> ambition makes everything evil. Greed makes everything evil. The hustle and bustle, the, the, the stress of the city and stuff like that. But, but ultimately the people are, are rather, uh, spiritually peaceful. The people are rather spiritually pleasant. Like, uh, yes. believe it or not, the average you know Mexican citizen is more involved with like university and and like you know culture and things. It's true. It, They're very community based. That's why the folk saints end up getting so popular. Exactly. People don't even realize yeah. that that like mm-hmm. that there are people who are who just volunteer to do stuff in Mexico. Like people who are just active in the community. Just because. Yeah. Just because. Exactly. Just because. Like, what else just are you going to do? Just because it's, it's the value. Yeah. But it's actually been amazing talking to you. And it's a very positive thing to bring about, yeah. like, the end of this conversation. I know we were talking about death. We were talking about De Los Mortes, Santa Morte, uh, the Narco Saints, which are <laughs> typically a very, you know, negative, presumed sensationalist topic. And given that it's October, it's Sam Hain, um, you know, it, it's it's appropriate. Like I said, we're gonna blend blend this and bring it all together some way somehow to yeah. a, uh, a thriving like always. It's a thriving, healthy family community that we're forced to be, and um, on this planet and beyond. Exactly into the into the great beyond. Um, so <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, Art History Oracle. No Do you mind giving your conclusion? Tell us where to reach you, your links and all that, one more time. Yeah. Um, you can reach me on Instagram. It's art.history.oracle. Um, I have Patreon. It's Art History Oracle there. Or YouTube. It's the same. Um, yeah, that's usually the best. And, yeah. Then Jessica is my real name. <laughs> so, Highly recommend following her. Highly recommend following Thank her. Thank you. Highly recommend following her. Um uh, you know, Instagram, especially her Instagram, because she posts yeah. on her stories these great, uh, his, like these great uh, artifacts, these relics and art, and like it yeah. itself is like That's going cool to the museum. Sometimes. Yeah, just logging in and 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 seeing what hey. she's posted is like going to a museum, and it's absolutely like, um, 
Scythian art, Greek art, feminist art. Exactly. Like this idea, Mm -hmm. like both paintings and jewelry. Um, Really, really eye-opening stuff. Eye-opening stuff, really. You know what you're talking about. And, of course, um, you know, you have the education in the back. Probably the most educated person I speak to on this show uh, with your your many (laughs) degrees and your um, many... So many pieces of paper. Many alumnus... (laughs) You know, accreditations, and and you're a woman of letters, a rogue scholar. Appreciate you. Always appreciate you. Definitely very rogue. A very rogue scholar. Very rogue scholar. Thank you for having me. No problem. You're always welcome back anytime. I'll come back anytime. Yeah. Been great. We'll stay in touch. Of course, I'll probably DM you and and bug you always, like I always do, (laughs) and about random stuff online. So yeah. um, yeah. Especially. That was the uh, right. Dio de los Muertos episode. That was that was the uh, the uh, Santa Morte episode. Thank you all very much out there in Dreamland. I've been the Beyond Top Secret Text, and this has been the Beyond Top Secret Text podcast. You know what you're listening to. You clicked it. You know how the internet works. You're not a read. <laughs> so, so thank you all very much. Namaste and shalom. God bless you guys and your families. Bye. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Namaste. Shalom. Peace out.